Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silva and Gold. Coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zong. And with me, Dr. Zong. We are here with a new episode. Uh, we are doing a little uh, running away from the virus double feature. Because I'm sick all the motherfucking time. Run away, run away. We got the Andromeda Strain from 1971. We got Panic in the Streets from 1950. Yeah, Walter Palance. Uh, Zom, how are you, sir? I uh, couldn't be better. I I actually couldn't be better. Nice. It's like a font, like a when you a blade. If you hone it too sharp, it'll it'll break. You're so I'm right on that line, man. The maximum maximum sharpness. Oh, if I get better, if I get any better, I'm gonna just fucking shatter. Only thing missing from my night recording is a big beer, and I don't have any. So. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty Why good. not? Why not? We just don't have any. We, we, we don't have any. We haven't been to the stove, man. Tearing my beer. Yeah, yeah. Iranian so, tobacco. Boom. It's been, it's been an entire week since I have actually been well, so uh, maybe watching these films push the sickness away a little bit longer. Um, yeah, so pretty, pretty good week. Pretty good week, man. <sighs> Got to be a little quieter tonight. The, uh, the missus is sleeping uh, since it is a night recording. <laughs> Usually it's in the middle of the day, and I can yell and be a jackass. So, got to get my sexy radio voice on tonight, baby. Ah, so Zom, what have you been watching this week, sir? Um, I don't have a lot, really, because and I don't know why. I, I'm trying to figure out. I just didn't watch a lot. I just didn't care. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I just didn't. Uh, I wonder if I'm leaving something out here. I don't think so. Gotta get you um, on the miso, motherfucker. Miso, homie. I watched um, <laughs> on USA, which, as I've said before, is the um, plethora of Van Damme, mm-hmm. Steven Seagal, and Wesley Snipes movies. Pistol Whipped, where big, giant, fat, Samoan-looking Steven Seagal... Um, Kills a guy and says, <laughs> "You cremated now, motherfucker." So anyway, I've seen that a million times. I still fucking <laughs> pause it and watch it over and over. Where he says, "You cremated now, motherfucker," and it's still funny because he is so fat. He is so fat. He has a black leather uh, coat on. It's not the long trench coat. It comes down to about uh, just a little bit below his waist. 
but he has his shirt untucked underneath, and his <laughs> fucking stomach is so fat that there's a gap between like his pants and then where the shirt uh, starts. Like you could fucking probably, I don't know. Let me think. You could probably <laughs> stick your whole head up under his shirt without touching his, his waist. His his waist. Yes. <laughs> I love uh, that. Okay, so that's pistol whipped. He hasn't learned the old man trick of tucking the shirt in to make yourself look thick. Oh, it wouldn't even work. Man, he was fucking fat in this. Jesus Christ. And, of course, had a good-looking young wife. Um, I watched Kul de Sac, which is a, a movie that was written and directed by Roman Polanski because I had watched that um, really low-budget uh, Polanski movie. Mm-hmm. Did we talk about that already? I don't think so. Okay, well, there are, and I can't remember if I talked about these last week or not. I thought maybe I was leaving something off. There you go. Uh, the the um, the movies. Uh, one of them was called uh, Bobby Fisher Live. Oh yeah 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 yeah. You talked about those. Did I talk about those? Yep yep. Okay, well that guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the so the Roman Polanski movie. I I, I watched that one that mm-hmm. that uh, he did um, for. Um, Jesus Christ. Oh, well, whatever. I, I didn't have any of that written down, so I can't remember. But anyway, um, so I watched that, that uh, unauthorized biography of Roman Polanski. So then um, I caught Col de Sac, Col de Sac <laughs> on uh, uh, Netflix Instant. And uh, it was so, the one thing that sold me was I saw a picture of Donald Pleasance, and he was kind of dressed up like a woman with makeup on. It looked like he had a baby <laughs> on. And I remembered when um, – uh, what the hell did I watch him in this week? I got to figure that out. Donald Pleasance, like Halloween or something. Oh, The Great Escape. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Where he's blind or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert. Sorry, get away. Um, that I remember back in the day when um, uh, the Freebirds broke up and Terry Gordy was teaming with Jimmy Superfly Snuka as a heel tag team, and they were the Georgia <laughs> Tag Team Champions. And Michael Hayes would have these um, special secret uh, partners come in and one of them was Andre the Giant. One of them was Kevin Von Erich when he was like, God, he, that was before the Freebird feud and everything. And Terry Gordy lost a match and had to wear a baby bonnet all the time. <laughs> and they called him Baby Huey because I mean, he looked like an idiot, but he had to wear this baby bonnet. Uh, so anyway, so uh, it looked like Donald Pleasance had a baby bonnet on. It's, this is, um, it's a black and whitey. Uh, it's pretty good. Um, Kind of has some funny shit in it. Um, this, this, these criminals uh, are on the run uh, and are wounded, and they uh, hold up at Donald Pleasance and this young chick's house. And uh, I don't know. It was good. It was worth a watch. Check it out, people. Uh, this one I watched is called The Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. I did not know until <laughs> the other day that Lawrence Fishburne was the voice of the Silver Surfer. Um, so that brings it up a notch for me. <laughs> no, I like this movie. I still oh, think that was good. <laughs> I hated the first one. I haven't watched this one actually. So. Oh, you haven't even watched it. So how did you give it the? Well, I well the first one was so shitty. I was like, well, it's going to be a sequel. It can't be better, right? Oh, it has to be. <laughs> it can only get up like, from here. This is that the that's Canadian movie reviewing. <laughs> anyway, uh, then I watched Armageddon, which was definitely. <laughs> This movie is so fucking stupid I couldn't contain myself Did you when I was TV? Yeah, I usually always try and hold off with e- saying anything about anything I'm watching cuz I know we're going to talk about it on the show and I just <laughs> I, and I th- I even tried to o- 
to to just shut my brain down and enjoy it for it's stupid. It's just too. It's so fucking dumb. I hate this fucking movie. <laughs> it, and it was on like five times last week. It's goddamn. Oh, talk about you. You. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't want. It, this is. It's just my opinion. I don't want to insult because I know there's people that like it and say, "Oh, it's so bad. It's good or whatever." That's fine. Oh God. Um, I watched uh, this movie is really super duper good. It's a movie called uh, Bob the Gambler. Uh, it's a Jean Pierre Melville. I can't remember what the French pronunciation is, like Bob Flambleau or Flambleau or something like that. But it's Bob the Gambler. Jean Pierre Melville. It's a uh, a caper, uh, kind of a. It's a noir, black and white. Awesome. And the the guy that's the lead in it that plays Bob. Uh, all throughout the movie, he reminds me of Freddie Blassie when he was young. Nice. Because he has like this blonde white hair that's slicked back. Did he sharpen his teeth with a file? Yeah. <laughs> and then he bit Jean-Pierre Melville's cock off. <laughs> yeah. Okay, then I watched uh, – see, I'm going to have a short list. Uh, but everything I – well, not everything, but there was a lot of stuff that I watched that I – now that I look back, I'm like, why did I watch this? Like Armageddon <laughs> and uh, you know, Fantastic Four and shit. I watched Antichrist. Yeah. And Mary, what do you want? Give me a kiss. Give me a kiss. Make a bunch of. Anyway, um, Antichrist. Uh, I don't know why I watched it. It's just one of those things where I was flipping through my Netflix queue, mm-hmm. and you and you just something catches your eye, and you think, okay, I'm going to put this in. This movie is, um, you know, I just want to hit it with a baseball bat. Um, you know, Jesus Christ, whatever. Antichrist. I mean, sorry. Uh, whatever. Uh, it, it's definitely. You know, it's something. Um, <laughs> Had you I seen watched, this before? Yeah, I watched okay. it before, and um, just some skinny, bony, gross people that that are just pains in each other's ass, and the woman's on the rag, and fucking is you know a bitch, and has postpartum, post traumatic stress, and all this shit, and uh, you know chaos reigns, and all that shit. It's it's just so weird. It's so weird. Eh, it's gross. Um, I bought at Walmart the other day. What are you doing, dog? I bought, um, don't be like that dog in North Carolina. You be still. Um, I bought, uh, Planet Terror or was one Planet Terror. It's, um, um, Grindhouse on Blu-ray. And it's supposedly the way it was supposed to be shown from where they show trailers at first. Mm -hmm. Then they show Planet Terror then they show the other trailers, and then they show Death Proof. Right. And um, I haven't seen Planet Terror in a while. I'm a big fan of Stuntman Mike, so I've watched that a bunch of times. But Planet Terror is fucking – I love – it's great. Yeah, I, like I love Michael too. Bean and um, uh, Jeff Fahey as the two brothers the, and the, with the, the, the sauce you know, and all that shit. Uh, it's just fun. It's just fun with the F U N P H U N. Then I found this movie. I guess I did not realize that on iTunes Reynolds, Reynolds, Reynolds. Uh, Dust, Reynolds Dustin Reynolds, they have um, some movies on there for ninety nine cents, and that's what the uh, Roman Polanski unauthorized and Bobby Fischer Live were. Mm-hmm. But so I rented this one, and I thought. After I watched those two, I thought, God, I hope this one's, you know, I imagine these 99 cent ones are going to be shitty because those two, <laughs> the, they were so bad, it's good, uh, like Ed Wood kind of movies. Um, this one was really good, though. It was 99 cents. And it was fucking, it was awesome. <laughs> um, the way it was shot was awesome. Um, 
there is a gimmick to it. And I'll tell you the gimmick because uh, one of my friends came over and was like, what are you watching? And I told him, and the gimmick is that there's no dialogue in the entire fucking movie. I think they say one word in the entire fucking movie. Oh, wow. But the music and everything, and it's just fucking good. And boy, I'm telling you what, once it gets going, it's got some violent-ass shit. A prayer to a vengeful god is what it's called. Hmm. Uh, I almost forgot to tell you what it was fucking called. <laughs> but uh, anyway, it's really good. Uh, and so then um, the guy that is the lead in it, he directed it too. And so I looked him up and found um, another movie that he did. And so I'm going to check it out, too. Uh, he hadn't done that many, just like, you know, maybe, I don't know, five or six. And a couple of those he just were, was in. He didn't, like, direct it. Um, but it's just an interesting concept. And even though they don't speak in it, the way that they do the soundtrack and everything, I mean, it really keeps you in the movie. Um, let's see. The next thing I watched was a movie called Passion Play with Mickey Rourke, Bill Murray, and Megan Fox. And I heard people just shit on this so much that it was just, oh my God, it's so fucking horrible. And everything. It's not that bad. Uh, it's not great, and but it's not that bad. And um, so it's on Netflix instant. Uh, Mickey Rourke, he just, man, uh, he's so weird looking. And it's weird watching Megan Fox, who was probably at this time like, 20 years old and Mickey Rourke is probably like 55. Okay. He's got to be 10 years older than me and that motherfucker <laughs> and they're making love and shit. <laughs> I'd have rather seen her. Honest to God, I would have rather seen her have sex with Bill Murray. <laughs> Which would have been hot. That would have been hot. Okay. And the last thing that I watched uh, and I'm in the process of watching as we speak which I ran. Now, listen. 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 Right. Okay. okay. <laughs> On iTunes, they have movies that are like, it says uh, still in, or in theater, or they have these ones that aren't even in the theater, but you're getting to watch them first. Mm -hmm. But you basically have to pay a theater price. Okay. And since I had the day off, I thought, well, you know, shit. Okay. I might go ahead and rent a couple movies on there and i was just going to rent the ones that are like 299 or mm -hmm. 99 cents mary you motherfucker <laughs> and uh, god damn it i'm trying to move my mouse you son of a bitch and she keeps hitting my arm uh, <laughs> quit no i didn't mean that i'm sorry um <laughs> i yelled at her <laughs> let's see here uh now she's pouting um mm. i what what did i want? okay i rented Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning. Yeah. Now, this was $9.99 to rent. Okay. okay. And you have 24 hours to watch it. <laughs> I have watched 31 minutes of this, and I will say this. I would have went to see this in the theater. <laughs> I will probably – I won't say probably. I'll buy this. <laughs> no, it is, 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 is it going to be in the theater? I think so. I think so. Okay. This movie, first of all, it is rated R. It has to be. I, I don't know. I didn't look at the rating. It has to be rated R. It is so fucking violent. <laughs> it it has. I've oh, seen, Scott Atkins is in it too, huh? Oh yeah, it's got it's got uh, Andre Arlovsky from one of the other Universal. It's got some different Universal Soldier guys on it. Uh, Dolph is so fucking awesome in it. He has the slick back, blonde Freddie Blassie hair. <laughs> Dick in it already. 
shitload of fucking naked women. Nice. All shapes and sizes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm laughing at when, uh. right, when I'm there and you go, what am I laughing at? There was this stripper walking around with these great big tits that had tattoos on them. And then the reason I was laughing is there was another one. This must have been like a, an extreme. There's one doing a pole dance, and she's so skinny and gross. You can see like all her ribs and shit. <laughs> it's violent, man. It's so violent. Yes, it is rated R. I just see it. So, and uh, a couple of things that I haven't watched yet. I rented another one, which is called Deadfall. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it stars Eric Bana, Olivia Wilde, um, uh, the one young guy that's the main guy on Sons of Anarchy, and a couple other people. I can't remember. Uh, Sissy Spacex in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's several people in it, and it's it hasn't been released yet, or it's in theaters. It's rated R. It looks, and I'm not sure. I haven't looked up the uh, thing. I was thinking it was an Elmore Leonard movie, but I, I'm I'm not sure if it is or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Banna and Olivia Wilde are like brother and sister, but they're they rob a place and then wreck their car so it's this is in the trailer and he goes for help and then she gets it's in the middle of winter and so it looks really good so i'm gonna watch that and then the other one i i um rented which well, this one was like a 299 rental that i'm gonna watch tonight i'm gonna watch all three of these fucking movies yeah. um is uh the one with the dude um that was in um prayer to a vengeful god and it's called the local hmm. and um it's about you know uh, uh, I think like a famous or not a famous but a rich guy hires a guy to kill or something or to uh, maybe his daughter or something I don't know I just watched the trailer and it looked it did actually look pretty good and like I said cool. that prayer f- uh, to eventual God was was uh, I really liked it so anyway that's all I have nice nice yep, uh, up to the curious to see how Universal Soldier ends up after you watch the whole thing my God. So I mean, thirty-one. It it was worth nine dollars and ninety-nine cents to watch the first 30, 30 minutes, and I'm not fucking. <laughs> That's awesome. It is um, so, you, you will you, you'll fucking probably jack off. It's multiple times. Jack off right when I get off. I might jack off right now while you're talking. <laughs> All right, I'll talk loud. Um, the uh, or you just mute your mic. Um, let's see. Last week, here we go. Um, I watched, I wrapped myself up in a slanket. The slanket is back out. It is cold. So we've, uh, gotten the Jedi robe back out of the closet and, uh, wrapped What's myself up. What's that? What's a slanket? It's a, it's a blanket with sleeves. Like you, oh. you wear it like a long robe and it has a hood on it and everything. It's awesome. Uh, so yeah, I got, I wrapped up in the slanket and watched Shaft last Friday, which was pretty cool. I'd seen that one before. So, um, I was in the mood after, uh, after one down two to go to watch something a better black exploitation movie. <laughs> um, let's see. I watched uh, later that night. I watched Stone Cold with Bosworth. Um, this is a uh, it was two gentlemen's guide. I guess Pantheon gentlemen's guide movies that I decided I was going to watch, and uh, I uh, did a virtual coin flip. And Stone Cold was the first one, and Lance Henriksen is fucking awesome as always. And this was a pretty good movie. It was. A, I, I I don't know why exactly it was rated NC seventeen, but um, Universal Soldier already sounds more violent than this. I mean, granted, it's violent, but there's not like guts or anything like that. And, well, you know, Universal Soldier uh, also has fucking in it. Okay, well, I don't even remember fucking in this one. Like, you yeah. see a tit once, and you see Bosworth in his fucking bikini briefs. Yeah. Maybe that was worth the anyway. Um, 
Yeah, good movie. Um, That's Hendrickson, didn't it? Didn't it? Yeah, he was the 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 bike uh, the the bike gang leader. I haven't seen that for years. I saw it like so many years ago. And then I just remember GGTMC reviewing it, and you know, not ever saying it was fun, even though it is. Um, <laughs> let's see. I watched uh, Pieces. Uh, this was a recommend from somebody on the group as well. Um, it's is a. a it has, it has giallo type stuff in it. This is a a, a horror film like a slasher. Um, I think I guess it's Italian, although it takes place in England. Uh, pretty gory. I was surprised, and the dude kills people with a chainsaw, which is pretty crazy. I mean, like he cuts a woman in half across her waist, like below her belly, belly button. <laughs> um, good movie. I liked it a lot. Uh, I rewatched Wild Zero again, <laughs> like two, a day later. <laughs> the Japanese zombie. Uh, Guitar Wolf, crazy ass punk movie. Microphone on fire. Yes, uh, still still good. Twenty four hours later, still good. <laughs> Jesus. Um, the other side of the GGTMC coin. I watched Surviving Edged Weapons. Um, there's some really random shit in here, but then there's some other stuff. I'm like, because my wife walked in during a serious part where they're talking about like, you know, you got to keep this amount of distance between you and a perpetrator, and I'm just like, yeah. I mean, it was okay. It was kind of weird at parts, but then other parts, it's like, oh, this is just a normal training video. It, I liked the random stuff thrown in there, and some of the acting is hilarious. It's painfully Canadian. <laughs> they're supposed painfully to be painfully Canadian. They're supposed to be in the South or whatever, like in Florida. I think the guy had Florida tags, and he gets out of his car, and he's like, "How's how's this for, for a license, eh?" And he has a like a pocket knife. <laughs> <laughs> really dumb but uh i laughed there's a dude to get stabbed in a cheek that was pretty cool and <laughs> the fucking random caveman scene at the beginning is worth seeing like myself so random um, caveman scene painfully canadian two <laughs> two uh things i've never thought i'd hear in one review uh let's see i went to the movies with my wife and watched argo uh, the new Ben Affleck movie and i went in cold to this and i'm glad i did because i honestly i never knew the argo story um, I won't give it out here in case anyone is interested and doesn't know about it, but this is really fucking interesting. I didn't know. Does um, Bruce Willis die in the end trying to save Ben Affleck? <laughs> uh, or for, it might've been know. off. It might've been off screen. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Ben Affleck's really good in it and his direction is amazing. I was really worried at the beginning because, um, there's a lot of like rotating tracking shots and I was getting fucking motion sick immediately. Oh my God. <laughs> because there was You know what's good for that for motion sickness though, don't you? Ginger tea. Iranian um, tobacco. Really? Yeah. Boom. Bubba. Um <laughs> <laughs> the um <laughs> humble me with the Iranian tobacco. Um there's a lot of good uh I guess uh, uh, people I didn't expect in it. I mean, Cranston's Brian Cranston's in it, and John Goodman's in it. Um, John Goodman plays the I don't recall his name, but the guy that did the makeup for um, Planet of the Apes. How fat is he now? Is he oh my less god, fat? he's fucking gigantic. Really he's, super uh, fat. I yeah. feel so fat fuck. Um, die. I mean, I we all know. are, but I mean, he's he's like he's really big uh, i don't know if he just was big like maybe because he needed to be for this role i mean <laughs> yeah, well that's probably what it was <laughs> well, probably, i've seen him i've seen him skinnier recently so maybe he was he, probably like 190 and he thought you know okay i'm gonna play an argo i better get up to 450 <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was he was definitely over 350 in this movie i would say oh my god and alan arkin's in it and is really good 
this is a cool movie. So how I, much I, did Alan Arkin weigh? Do you think <laughs> he looks? He <laughs> seriously looked like about as big as one of Goodman's legs. Ooh. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, so I watched this hilarious thing. I wish I could remember who it is. One of the dudes is on. He'd been on Mad TV and stuff. He's a, a, a he does the improv acting. He's been on several different like shows like that. He's he's he always has a clean shaven head. as a tall black man. Um, him and another guy have this, I guess, an improv show on Comedy Central that's starting soon. But I posted a link to it on our group where they talk about uh, how awesome Liam Neeson's is. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really funny, and but it made me want to watch Dark Man because they freak out over Dark Man. <laughs> so uh, I rewatched that, which I realized as I was watching, I was like, "Shit, I haven't seen this since high school." I think I, I was, I think I was uh, trying to woo a girl, and <laughs> you thought you impressed broke out Dark Man. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it didn't work. Um, no, this was on video. It came out in the theaters before I was able to drive, but it came out. I was like fifteen when it came out, but. Um, this was, I remember we taking this girl to see Lost Boys, and I thought she was, <laughs> I mean, she was so cute and so good looking, and her friend liked me, but I liked her, and I could, and, and I asked her out, I hem-hawed around for probably an hour when I called her, trying to, to say without, say without saying, do you want to go out on a date? And I was like, you know, when like somebody likes somebody and, you know, and they want to ask him out, then she's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, you know. And then, and, and then when I finally took her to see Lost Boys, I was in, in heaven because she looked so good and she was the worst kisser I've ever had in my life. Oh, oh my God. Worst kisser ever. And uh, I, it was hard to explain how it was. It was just like, uh, I don't know. Um. I'm sure that Darkman probably got a be- got better. You probably got a blowjob out of Darkman. And, and Darkman didn't even have any lips. I don't know. He was a bad <laughs> Yeah. The, so I walked around for a day afterwards trying to yell, Julie, with all my teeth showing. <laughs> Julie. Uh, let's see. Uh, I watched on Netflix instant. I watched The Desert Fox, the story of Rommel. Um, <laughs> this is uh, from 50, 51. This, these these choices, these next couple of choices, when I saw you that you had watched them, I'm like, wait a minute. Does somebody kidnap you? And we're posting, like, okay, I just do not see you watching. I, I was laying in bed, and I started flipping through Netflix on my iPad, and I just saw, well, I saw Des- Desert Fox has a sequel. You thought it was going to be Ushi uh, in, <laughs> yeah. in the desert yeah, with yeah, her big yeah. tits or something. Uh, no, I like, war, I like war movies. I just don't watch them that often. Um, I don't know what made me even want to watch this. So, but uh, I, I, saw, Mason. I saw the sequel listed, and so uh, and it actually says in the description this the sequel to Desert Fox. And I'm, right. and after you watch the Desert Fox story of Rommel, and if you know the story of Rommel, you're curious how they made a sequel out of it. So <laughs> I'm interested to see. Yeah, what I was next. curious as to <laughs> why. It, I don't think that other one was actually like a sequel. Okay. Okay. I mean, well, I don't know. It had James Mason in it as Rommel, mm-hmm. but it was mostly Richard Benton. Right, right. It was good. James I liked it. Mason. I liked it. Um, yes. Good, good, good little flick. I, it was interesting seeing the the Nazi side of it, even though all the Nazis had fucking British accents. So, you know, if it wasn't for the shit that they did to the Jews, Hitler really had <laughs> some good ideas. Um, you know, I had a friend tell me that one time, and I wanted to kick him in the fucking face. Uh, yeah, yeah. He used to shoot pictures of um I'm trying to think who the president or no, like our our senator, I think here 
for years and years and years still is Jay Rockefeller, and he's a Democrat. Mm-hmm. And his dad would get those their camp, his campaign posters and put them up and then target practice and stuff. Mm. Like, you're such a fucking scum. Good job on uh, West Virginia. I was watching CNN's coverage uh, of the election. Fuck, the other dude. Night. I, I, don't, Vir- I don't even, I, I, you know. <laughs> they called West Virginia at 0% of polls. They, they, I, 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 I'm <laughs> telling you, I mean, it's just, they, the, <laughs> Obama's black. They're gonna take. He's gonna take your guns away, oh, yeah. and that's pretty much all you have to say. Oh, and you don't God. even have to say the gun thing, really. <laughs> yeah, probably. it's it's. I mean, it was pathetic. But if you, honest to God, now I'm getting the election thing or whatever. Everybody else, I mean, we had this website up where it showed by this by the whole United States map mm-hmm. who was winning what and everything, and West Virginia, uh, every every. The, all of West Virginia voted for Romney, but then when you look at uh, senator, governor, house, and all that shit, they voted Democrat for everything. So it's because he's black. Makes sense. Well, <laughs> um, let's see. That's, I watched the uh, I watched the Great Escape, uh, my other World War II flick. Um, I have this on DVD, and I've never seen this all the way through, and I realized after I watched it, why? Because it's fucking three hours long. It's long. Yeah, that's really long. God, it needed to be cut down like 45 minutes, but I liked it. I mean, it's good. Um, I like, you know, everybody talks about Steve McQueen in that one. I like James Garner. Yeah. Because he's the scrounger. I mean, Steve McQueen's cool, I guess, because he rides a motorcycle, but there's a lot more interesting uh, Yeah, most of the time, he's just sitting in the cooler bouncing the baseball, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that's Charles cool. Bronson acting like a pussy, though, kind of unnerves me every time. I don't like that. <laughs> when he's like, starts, I can't move back in the room. <laughs> he's, when he gets stuck down there and he's like, <laughs> I, I can't go down there again. And he's like, and almost crying. I'm like, fuck this shit. Instead of just crawling out of the fucking hole, he travels all the way back down this fucking dark tunnel all the way back out into the shower. Oh, fucking I, idiot. Go, I go again. What are you doing? British? Having a wash. <laughs> Uh, and he was showing off his gun. He goes, what are you doing? Watching him have a wash. <laughs> like, like, okay. Uh, giggity um, and then um, I went to the theater on, what day was that? Uh, Tuesday. And I watched The Man with the Iron Fists. Uh, the new no. Riza Kung Fu movie. And it was good. Um, right? Oh, like scale of 1 to 10. Scale of one to ten, like a seven. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you like kung fu movies, you'll like it. If you're not a fan of kung fu movies, I would not recommend it. Does Lucy Liu get naked? Does anybody get naked? Uh, no. Oddly, I don't recall because I was looking for titties because there's bath scenes and stuff, but usually the women are covered up in some way. And I don't know. There had to have been a reason for that because the movie is violent and there's uh-huh. enough language in it for... I mean, and Russell Crowe is a fucking monster in this. It's a hilarious because yeah. he just is like banging three chicks at once. And thanks, but I mean, he's got this. this is like, rated. It, if, if, if it's, not, I was shocked it wasn't rated NC seventeen. It's rated R. But I mean, well, I was like, gonna say if it's rated R anyway, just for all that shit, why not throw in some tit? The only thing I could figure or is, show Russell Crowe's big cock. <laughs> the only thing I could figure is that RZA wanted to make it more like. It hit the homage he was paying to Hong Kong cinema because there's not typically nudity in the kung fu movies, Damn. even though there is blood. So there's they lots of blood, but there's no tits. And, yeah. Well, no, I'm I'm not thinking of kung fu movies. I'm thinking of like uh, uh, sex and 
glory or whatever and that shit. Right, right, right. So, yeah, that's no, really yeah. Well, that's Japanese, but in Hong Kong movies, yeah. they don't but ever, the same But the, <laughs> the, um, the um, some fucking awful, uh, awfully awesome uh, gore in it. Like when he gets the fists, he like punches one dude in the face, and his fucking eyeball flies out into the frame. <laughs> nice. Um, Is it 3D? I don't. I didn't see it. In, I don't think so. There was not a 3D option where I was seeing it. Although the the eyeball bit was tailored for a 3D thing, like it would have flown out right at you. But nothing else I can think of. But he's cool, and like I like his story. And there's a lot of cameos in it that were pretty neat. Um, what about Dave Batista? Dave Batista is they they used him properly. Um, some so of the, did he not? So he didn't speak. He didn't speak a lot. Okay. Um, he was he's the member of some like ancient clan or something, but apparently he's like the last one that has this ability to bronze his skin basically, <laughs> which is funny because he probably used to do that, but the, um, yeah, he wasn't looking as cut as he used to. So that's, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Maybe he's off the juice, but he, well, he just had a, uh, uh, he just had like a M, uh, mixed martial arts, actual real fight. Oh, okay. And he won. Uh, I, but, uh, I, I, I guess him he, yeah, he got he got rocked pretty bad right at first, and then he came back and beat the guy. But they said that he had lost. I think somebody Conan or somebody was saying that when he was in WWE, he was like three hundred pounds, but he was like a bodybuilder, and he has dropped all the way down to like two seventy or something. He, I mean, I, he's. I mean, his his midsection is just like a barrel now, not a not like bumpy. <laughs> it's not like, like, like our mix, midsections, right? Except except actually has muscle behind it. It has but, no uh, fat on it. It's just, <laughs> it just sticks out because his organs are, are enlarged from taking human growth hormone. <laughs> but, um, it's the iron chic belly. Riza is what you'd expect. And I've seen him act before. Um, he's fine. He's pretty soft spoken, but Russell Crowe's over the top and pretty awesome. Um, he's got this fucking ridiculous knife gun. <laughs> his name is Jack knife. Mr. Knife. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I'm Mr. Knife. You can call me Jack. But he fucking like eviscerates this one, the huge fucking dude in the whorehouse. The guy's just going to swing a club at him. He just reaches up, stops the dude's hand, pulls out the knife gun. is like, like slices him up from the crotch up to his neck. <laughs> but, um, and he's like, oh, you know, stupid lines. And like, I always bring a gun to a knife fight or, uh, you know, stuff like that. And he's just, like he's underwater at one point going down on a chick and I mean <laughs> it's, oh, see that I you know yeah. it's 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 good Never I liked it that. I mean it's good soundtrack um I just I liked that it had like a kind of a I mean it had it had Riz's fingerprints on it which I appreciated it wasn't just a generic kung fu movie but it paid good homage to that era um so oh and I I forgot to mention I really liked an Argo uh it takes place in 79, 80, 81, and they use the old Warner Brothers logo huh. at the beginning. The old, like, it's like the red kind of squared off or uh, like a curved off circle with the three ovals that make the W. Um, I thought that was pretty neat. Um, and that was it. Man with Iron Fist was the last thing. So, besides the two for the show, cool. One for the money, two for the show. Let's take a break and let's just go chronological order. How about it? Yeah, because we went in alphabetical order last week. <laughs> Did we? Let's come back. Uh, we, and, so we, we thought about it. it and uh, review Panic in the Streets. We'll be right back. No one would have believed in the first years of the 21st century that Hammer films were being watched from an entertainment standpoint. 
No one could have dreamed that Amicus films were being scrutinized as someone with a microscope studies creatures that swarm and multiply in a drop of water. Few men even considered the possibility that this area of film still had anything to offer. And yet, across the gulf of space, minds immeasurably superior to our own regarded this podcast with envious eyes. And slowly and surely, they drew their plans against it. The Hamacus Podcast. Hammer and Amicus, and every tenuous link in between. Hamacus.com and iTunes. Cheers. choice maybe but i fucking love that song and let me tell you i'm on the fucking draft house films website and i'm getting ready to buy the fucking oh my god edition of miami <laughs> miami connection with the fucking uh the seven inch vinyl with the songs from the movie and the fucking seven inch vinyl yeah it's just a, it's like a single yeah um and a poster autographed by <laughs> each dragon sound band member i don't know man did you know what the do, do you or do you know what the golden dragon is? The golden dragon? Uh, yes. I don't know. Maybe. Conan said it's when you come in a bitch's mouth and then donkey punch her in the back of the head, so the cum comes out her nostrils. <laughs> what? What makes that a golden dragon? I, uh, I, you know, when they blow like uh, smoke out their nose. Was that your Arnold impersonation? <laughs> they were talking about uh, what do you call it, Dirty Sanchez's, and he said, you know, you can be when you're doing a Dirty Sanchez to a girl, you can be creative and, and just give her the Hitler or the Charlie Chaplin one, or like a, a pencil thin one, or just different kind of mustaches. It's Really, you know, not really funny. <laughs> <laughs> tobacco. Alrighty, I need to get off this fucking Miami Connection website. All right, Miami Connection. Our first film of the day. We didn't decide who's taking the lead, so I'll let you. <laughs> on Panic, Panic in the Streets from 1950. Okay, I got notes on that. Okay, good. This is directed by Elia Kazan. Elia. Elia. Wait, we've done a movie of his, haven't yes, we? Yes, and I told you that last time. Too. We did the fucking the one you didn't like. Um, what did he do? Oh, a lot. The the one with what's her face and what's his yeah. face and yeah. baby doll. <laughs> what was it? Baby doll. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, what's his face and that girl. That's weird that we ended up doing another and another Widmark movie. You're not gonna stab my pussy, are you? I ain't gonna stab your pussy. <laughs> Come on, baby doll. Show me that pussy. That's the director. Carl Malton's all sweaty with his comb over. <laughs> I want to see that pussy, baby doll. <laughs> 
Um, this is like I said, just like I just said, starting. They, they uh, Richard... remake that and, and make like what happened to the people, like uh, like uh, so many years later, like thirty years later, and Victoria Jackson can play Baby Doll. <laughs> America died. <laughs> Cunt. Um, <laughs> this is starring Richard Widmark. Um, well, you're fucking now. You had a little bit of North Carolina southern accent when you just said cunt cunt um <laughs> blackie uh <laughs> walter, <laughs> walter jack palance um that guy it was a, had a unique look i gotta say and then yeah. some other people that i've never really heard paul douglas i don't know his name sounds familiar but eh. um so zom what did you think yeah. of panic in the streets okay panic in the streets see yes um I had never heard of this. And when we were trying to find something with a tenuous link, and this really isn't even a tenuous link. This is pretty, you know, yeah. this, I Race don't know. It, what's the opposite of tenuous? Just a link? Straight up link. Straight up link. Um, a chain now, link. Chain link. Uh, uh, never heard of this, but I guess it got nominated for an Oscar <laughs> for screenplay. But <laughs> it's fucking the stupid cunt post. You just yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to post that because the whole through, through the whole uh, uh, Bryn's whole intro for Hamicus, I was snorting out my nose and laughing, <laughs> but I wasn't snorting cum out my nose. So, be <laughs> 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 my luck. A giant dragon that's like as big as Godzilla would come. Oh my god, he's gonna burn me to death, and he just shoot big loads of jizz. <laughs> I watched a German Goo Girl fucking video. Ew. Uh, yesterday or no, this morning, and it was fucking disappointing. It didn't have that much cum in it. What? what? That's, that's, that was the, stupid. that's the selling point. Jesus, no shit. I mean, it was on the fucking my Roku. Goddamn motherfucker. We were talking, I was talking about that to somebody today. She was talking about she, you know, she's like, I, she doesn't like her roommate's cat. She's like, oh, my cat, I had affection for, and because she doesn't want her roommate's cat to get on her bed because she says it might be dirty. I'm like, I was like, cats clean themselves. That's like their only selling points. <laughs> So. Dude, this one girl that I, I mean, I dated this girl for a long time. And um, when she moved into this apartment, she she um, got furniture from her mom and dad. Well, this this bed that she had was a bed uh, that she had had, you know, I guess since she was a kid or whatever. And we would screw, we'd always screw on the floor by the bed because she, that was her childhood bed. And she uh, thought it was weird uh, to have sex. Uh, I'm like, okay, yeah, but you don't care about us doing all this shit all over your carpet <laughs> whatever i didn't care all right back to uh back to panic in the streets <laughs> panic in the streets started <laughs> with my well, walter palance aka jack <laughs> palance and zero mustel um okay now um start up oh of course my goddamn oh it's in the other room my alarm's going off on my uh, cell phone but i don't care um you start out with uh a little bit of a well, you know. I, here's another thing: the the the, 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 um, the uh, with a card game, a poker game, back back alley, backdoor poker game. Mm-hmm. And I can never understand it. A poker game, like if you're winning and you say, "Okay, guys, we'll see you later," everybody's like, "No, no, no, you can't leave. You got to give us a chance to win our money back." I was <laughs> like, "Okay, so what? I have to play until you win all your money back? You know, what if I just win and I want to leave?" You know? So. Um, I guess that doesn't work sometimes, and well, especially when you're playing with nefarious buttholes who will, <laughs> yes, you know, and especially if you're fresh off the boat and nobody trusts yeah, yeah. you anyway. And uh, Blackie, aka Jack Palance, uh, he's sort of the um, 
sort of the leader of this small cabal of um, you know pretty pretty scummy people. There's only two of them. And, uh, <laughs> one guy's like a gambler, and the other one runs a laundromat. Yeah, he ha- he just he just kind of has a couple of stooges. Yeah, yeah. And he's sort of like the one that um, that they I mean they just fear him. Uh, it's not like they're friends with him or anything. I mean, they're like, okay, Blackie, yeah, Blackie. What can I get you, Blackie? I knew you don't like that, Blackie. So that, and, uh, yeah, that the dude that I would always hang out with him, he had the biggest fucking like fop, the fat, overweight penis. Like you saw him oh, running yeah, at yeah, the yeah. end, and that Let's shit was just jiggling under his belly button. But you know, him, his terrible comb over. But fucking Palance was so big. Um, yeah. I don't know how tall he is, but he walked up next to them right at the beginning of the movie, and I swear neither guy went up to his to, up above his shoulders. And Palance has, um, I remember the wrestler Kabuki. Mm-hmm. When he'd come in the ring, he'd have one of those Japanese masks on that's like made of wood, that's like a demon mask with horns, looks like the devil's face. Mm-hmm. And that's what Palance's face looks like. Yeah. It's real, real uh, uh, just so many edges. Lumpy. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not like angular, a, yeah, yeah. Like fat lumpy. It's like just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, a, he's got like, he's got, it almost looks like he's trying to sprout horns on his forehead yeah. and yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he was a boxer, so his nose is kind of you know smashed a little bit, and his face is probably beat up. Um, now let's see. Okay, Blackie doesn't like to lose. Um, uh, <laughs> so they they mentioned something. I can't remember who it was. Uh, they were asked like uh, talking about people. Do you know this person? Do you know that person? And somebody says Bill Mosley. No, I don't know him. And so uh, that kind of flipped in there. Um, so anyway, um, Palance doesn't like to lose, so he decides he's you know going to get his money back and dispatches of this guy who beats him at poker. Well, then later on, uh, the guy washes up, uh, and you know it's a murder, and so the police are investigating. Well, they take the guy to the coroner, and um, the coroner you know immediately starts looking and notices that the guy, even though he died of gunshots, he's you know, there's a chance that he has um, some kind of disease. And so um, he um, calls, you're introduced to Richard Woodmark's character. And Richard Woodmark, uh, when you're first introduced to him, and, it's, and I like the, the way, you know, the, the way they did this is um, you see Richard Woodmark at home. Yeah. You see that he's a father. He's got a little boy. It's like Opie Cunningham uh, and, a, and a wife that, you know, is uh, the, 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 the kind of good-looking mom that lives next door. Um, and um, their home life and everything, and so that gives gives you a kind of uh, when all the shit starts going down because the the whole movie Panic in the Streets is basically about uh, trying to stop an epidemic from happening. Yeah, and so by giving them this. Uh, Giving Woodmark this uh, home life with a little boy and wife and all this and that and everything, you know, it it gives you something to invest in them. Like with Woodmark, he's not just going around trying to find patient zero or people that have been exposed. You're you're seeing, you know, he's doing this stuff, but in, you know, he, you know that he has something invested in this. Yeah. You know, I've got a wife and kid at home. You know, my God, if we don't stop this, it's not just, you know, hollow words. It's like, you know, this could be my little boy laying here or this could be my wife. Um, and he's a lot less sleazy than the first time he appeared on our show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah oh, definitely. And uh, uh, what, what was the name of that one? Uh, what the hell was that? The, the wrestling one. Um, yeah, uh, Night in the City. Night in the City, yeah. Yeah. Oh, this, uh, is, this is the same year as Night in the City, so. 
Yeah. He still has kind of a, a sinister when he laughs. It's kind of <laughs> Whitmark never plays like a a a, a um, like a real tough badass macho guy. You no, know, he's no. he's always kind of a you know everyday or kind of a like a you know yeah, he's got kind of a skinny body and a big head. Yeah. I mean, he just looks like a dude. He doesn't look like he doesn't look like a a matinee idol. Yeah. He gives his kid a quarter to go to the fucking uh, movies, and his bitch ass mom gives him shit. And it's like <laughs> Jesus Christ, let's get. Well, you know, another thing because of the sign of the times is uh, Woodmark and his little boy. Like I said, this little. Boy <laughs> I wrote this like, down too. I know where you're going. He <laughs> from fucking Andy Griffith, and they're painting a some uh, 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 like uh, a dresser uh, or something. From dresser outside, and this this older guy goes by, and he's like, "Hey, Billy," and he's like, "Hey, Mister So and So," and he he goes away, and then Richard Woodmark's like, "Who's that?" You know, oh, that's So and So. He Mister So and So. He's got train sets in his basement, and the first thing I'm thinking is, "My God, can you imagine if your little boy like?" Okay, and Wid- Wid- Widmark just blows it off like, oh, it's nothing. My little boy just knows this sixty-year-old uh, guy or fifty-year-old guy and goes and hangs out at his house that we don't even know. He plays with his trains. I don't even know who. I've never even seen the guy before. Well, the guy sits over there naked, fucking watching <laughs> the trains. Um, let's see. Watch, they're gonna crash now. <laughs> uh, uh, in in these old movies, like in from the fifties and sixty or early sixties, forties, uh, fifties, early sixties, uh, when the husband looks at the wife and he's on his way to work and he says, um, or she says, uh, "Try to get home early if you can." That's basically <laughs> just a metaphor for let's fuck. When you get home, I'm gonna fuck your brains out. Like he's like, why don't you uh, give? Billy uh, the quarter so he can go to the movies, but they don't. Say, and it's 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 kind of like uh, you know, um, um, you know, I'm not married, I don't have kids, but I'm sure you know having having especially little kids that that are just around the house all the time, you'd have to just try and find time to screw, mm-hmm. and it'd be like a big thing. Hey, uh, why don't you? Uh, you know, come home a little early. I got a little present for you. And you come home and she's got the fucking right or got the lawnmower out. And she's like, hey, I thought we were going to fuck. And there's bushes need done too. Okay. So anyway, um, in, in, in these movies, you always have whether, you know, like they had that movie outbreak with Dustin Hoffman and Cuba Gooding Jr. And that shit. Um, you always have these uh, government bureaucrats and the same way with Jaws. I mean, it's just a panic thing mm-hmm. where the government bureaucrats always want to, you know, well, this could hurt business. We have to leave it. Well, yeah, but we could have millions of people dead. But we can't shut the stores down. You know, we'll lose money. You know? right, right. Or you can't shut the beach down, even though a shark just ate somebody right there. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, and, and and I wrote down below, I said bureaucrats who always do stupid things. And uh, right below that, I put down science is stupid. Because those people are like, no, wait a minute. Let's not be hasty. This could end up being nothing. Those, yeah, those, there's, uh, an, there's another call to that in the other movie, too. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. They always have that in the movies. Um, the, the, now, they're basically trying, they know that this dude died, and they know now that he has pneumonic plague, which is like bubonic plague, but instead of being spread by, I guess it's airborne. Yeah, like yeah, or, or yeah, yeah. You can basically cough or yeah. whatever on somebody. Uh, what, what did he say? Spuddle or or sputum? Sputum. There you go. And uh, I forgot the dog was laying over there. I saw something move out of the corner of my eye. It's like, what the fuck is that? It was his tail or her tail. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, 
So that they're going around trying to find anybody that was in contact with this guy. So they already have the police and the coroner and those people and reporters that had come around. But uh, they're like, okay, well now nobody knows this guy. Who is this guy? You know, da 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 da. So they're calling in uh, people and questioning him. And one person that gets called in is Zero Mostel, um, who is the you know Palance's fat kind of buddy with the comb forward. Yeah, he was gross. And one time that the cop says, uh, you know, well, where were you? And he tells him, he says, well, I was eating spaghetti. And he goes, oh, no, you weren't. That's a bunch of bullshit. Okay, yeah, you're right. I went to see my mother-in-law. She was wrestling at the, uh, <laughs> you know, they cut him off. But it was pretty funny when he said his mother-in-law was wrestling. Um, and he's kind of a notorious bullshitter, low life. It's like rounding up the usual suspects. Um, now, at one time... One of the guys uh, that uh, helped do the original Patient Zero guy in, um, Palance is trying to kind of – he knows the cops are going around asking people a lot of questions about this murder. Yeah. And he's like, no, wait a minute. We've had murder – there's been murders here before down by the riverfront. And it's kind of a rough area, and there was never this much of a fuss. He, they, but see, the, the cops and everybody – are keeping all this hush hush because they don't want to cause a panic. So Palance thinks, what the fuck's going on? You know, this, uh, there, there's a re- there's got to be a reason why there's such a big fuss. So he doesn't want his two stooges to stray too far because he's afraid they're going to go talk or whatever. That's, that's what I like a lot about the setup of this because it's not, you know, in a lot of these germ movies, it's not. It's usually do somebody doing something stupid or irresponsible or something like that. That spread that has at least the potential of the spreading of whatever illness it is. But what's cool about this one is nobody knows except for the people looking for it right. about the sickness. And you have these seedy characters, so they already have reason to run away from authorities. Right. And so the chase is going to keep going because you can't just put it out there. You can't say, hey, whoever's been in contact with this guy, you know, you might die, then everybody's going to fucking flip and then, you know, they're going to flee, they're going to leave the city and sick people might be... And they call in the National Guard and they have every... And it almost becomes like a zombie movie where they put everybody in in a fenced-in area in the city and they're like, we're getting out of here. Like the crazies. Have you ever seen the crazies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like the crazies. Um, But now there was one part where um, the one little guy that's with Palance, he... Um, Palance is asking Zero Mostel. He's like, you know, where's so and so at? And he goes, well, he he went out on a date, and uh, he and Palance is like, he went out on a date with a girl. He goes, I kind of I got a hunch about him. Like he was almost saying that he always thought that the guy he thought he was lying about going out on a date with a girl because he thought I thought the Palance was saying that he thought he was gay. <laughs> Because he, he when the the excuse was I got a date with a with a dame, he's like he's got a date with a dame. That sounds fishy. I always had a hunch about him. <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, now there were several times where Blackie would get pissed about something, and Mostel was almost like the 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 parrot toady on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. He'd be like, Blackie doesn't like people trying to put shit over on him. Uh, that's one thing Blackie doesn't like. I Blackie, Blackie. And then right after that, he'll be like, Blackie, I know you don't like people trying to put things over on you. And, <laughs> and Palance would be sitting there and he's like, you know, I hate people trying to put things over. I know, Blackie. I know you don't like or, people trying to put I think he said over. once, he's like, you know what I hate? I think he said like four things that he hates the most. And one of them was yeah, like a mouthy broad or something. Yeah, mouthy dame. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, now, um, 
Blackie, even though now see Blackie is he kind of I think that either he has a reputation or people know of the way he is because he's not like a dick. He has that kind of a thing where you know that he's like if you knew that he was if he came and he was being like real nice to you, mm-hmm. it would make you so uneasy because you know that he's kind of like a psycho because <laughs> like he'll be like, oh, no, 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 come on, you know, uh, uh, we were just worried about you. We were just wondering. And the guy's like, oh, what's, what's going on, Blackie? What's, why are you so nervous? You know, and it's like, uh, but Blackie was nice to an old midget. Um, he liked that. He pat him on the head and everything. Yeah, he was nice to the old midget. And then there was a little old lady who was like probably only four feet tall, and the midget was even shorter than her. So anyway, <laughs> but that's all right because you know that's the way things are. Um, there was one time where Blackie um, comes in, and like I said, he would uh, he would kind of unnerve people because if they were guilty of something, he knew or suspected they were guilty, but he would just act kind of nice to him and they would get like oh my god does he know and he's being nice to me for this reason but this one party goes what's that smell you've been putting shit you've been putting something in your hair again <laughs> i don't know what the hell they were talking about he goes he goes what's that smell have you been putting something in your hair again well then it ends up that that um one of the guys did have something like i don't know if it was cologne or what ben gay or something weird um and Blackie, another thing. Uh, uh, this is uh, the the one thing Blackie really hates is um, a mouthy uh, broad. A mouthy broad. Uh, <laughs> uh, being lied to and uh, people trying to put something over on him. So there's one thing that you know. Uh, so it's funny when he says that. Uh, and he tells Zero Mustel because Zero Mustel's like you know kind of nervous around Blackie all the time too. And Blackie just looks at me and goes, "It's all right, Fitch." Don't get sweaty. Like, <laughs> doing so worked out to get all sweaty. Uh, what's that smell? Um, uh, Do you have bacon grease in your hair again? Yeah, yeah. Have you been putting, uh, you know, <laughs> dippity-doo? They used to have this shit called dippity-doo. Dippity-doo, yeah. And the shit that my mom, she'd have curlers in her hair. She'd put this dippity-doo in her hair. And, and the whole fucking house would stink. And then another, t- another thing about stuff that stinks. <laughs> this is so stupid. This is like back in the 80s. My dad, this like all these guys, like uh, I've said this before on this shit, like Mike Brady on the Brady Bunch. All these men, like grown men, were getting their hair perm, Tom Jones and shit. (laughs) You were talking about this on the show before. John Matuzak had a big perm, you know, and they get Lyle Alzado and shit. It's like, what the fuck? Or if even if you watch North Dallas 40, fucking Bo Svensson has a fucking perm and so does Mac Davis. My dad got a perm and he would be sitting in there with these little, (laughs) little curlers all over his hair. And had this shit that smelled like dippity doo. <laughs> the whole fucking house would stink like shit. And another reason that that what reminded me of that was on the uh, MLW Conan show, they were talking about people using nair and uh, and how uh, smells like burnt hair. Well, yeah, they said they said uh, uh, the one guy said, well, you know, when you get older at Halloween, you start going out and getting into mischief and throwing eggs at people's houses, and and uh, we used to you go get field corn and strip it off the cob and have a big bag of corn and go throw it at people's houses. And it, it just rained down on their awnings and stuff. And it'd be like, shh, shh. And they come running out, trying to chase you and shit. Uh, and every, every day when at Halloween or the, like you'd come out and you'd have to sweep like the porch and shut off. Cause it just have corn everywhere. <laughs> 
um, he said some of the kids got when paintball came out instead of throwing eggs and stuff they would shoot people with paintball guns oh, and then he uh, the one guy on there said that these kids would fill like I guess like water balloons up full of nair and when people oh, would walk fuck. Well, that shit can burn your goddamn eyes out. But then they start talking about how it stunk, and that's what reminded me of this movie, plus my dad's perm and (laughs) Dippity-Doo. I'm going to have to look up Dippity-Doo and see if it still exists. And and Zero's Mostel's big fucking jiggly penis gut. But, you know, there was was a couple times. Like, one time Zero Mostel was running. Like, the the cops were chasing him. Yeah, they looked bad. He looked bad running. And I I even made the note that Mostel looked like me running because I can't run for shit anymore. But, um... Um, but then right after that, they were in a warehouse full of uh, big burlap bags of coffee beans, and he fucking leaped, he like scampered over these coffee beans, like jumped up <laughs> on them. I mean, he was quick. Yeah. It was kind of funny looking. Um, now, um, let's see. Mostel, comb forward, comb over. Uh, there was one scene that just shocked. I don't know if I would want, I don't want to say it, it, would, it, shock, it shocked me definitely. But um, where someone just gets pitched over a fucking railing, I, I wrote the same thing. I was like, I lo- it, yeah. yeah. When, the, when some, somebody's confronted by somebody else, and I was surprised at the result. Like, I mean, <laughs> I was like, holy shit! Um, now, th- throughout this movie, there were several times where I almost forgot about Jack Palance's part because they would be doing the shit with Widmark and him going around. And the cops and everything going around questioning people. Yeah. And then this would go on for like, you know, it's an hour and a half movie, but say it would go on for like 15, 20 minutes. And then they'd kind of cut back to Palance uh, and what he was doing. Then they'd go another maybe 20 minutes and you wouldn't see Palance at all. But, you know, it, it, but it did keep you, it kept you up to date with, with what he was doing. But, yeah. you know, um, now there was another part where, Palance and Mostel were on the run and they were climbing over these beams that were like kind of in the water and Palance kicked Mostel in the ass which is kind of <laughs> funny. That um, was crazy looking. The the underside of that building. Now, I could not imagine. It's really well filmed because I could not imagine. You know the cameras aren't small this time of the mm-hmm. century. Get They got this really great looking tracking shot. This is a building basically that's on the waterfront. It's on stilts. Yeah. So there's the, you know, there's like little tiny little walkways underneath this building that they're trying to escape. I mean, and you know, you could fall into the water, but somehow they've gotten a camera under here to film them like panning across. They get a tracking shot of them running under this or stumbling under this building with us water and everything. So I couldn't imagine the, it must've been like a fucking roller coaster under there trying to get the train tracks built in for the trap for the camera. And, and, um, um, Kazan was a great director. But he was a piece of shit, you know, as far as the uh, House for Un-American Activities thing goes. But, I mean, he was a great – he's a legend, you know. Um, now, there was one part where – now, and, and, you know, Palance was, is definitely – I mean, he played a great heavy. I mean, he had the look. Yeah. He had the menace. He looked like somebody that you would be scared of, you know, that could intimidate people. Um, and – He was born Volodymyr Pal- Pal- Palinik, Ukrainian. Oh, Ukrainian. I was going to say maybe a Polak. Um, one time, at one port, port, Mostel screams like a woman. Uh, I mean, honestly, he shrieks like a well, fucking woman. Uh, I don't want to say what he says though. Um, but it was pretty. It was pretty well cast as far as like like I said with Mostel and with uh, um, 
Jack Palance and Richard Woodmark too. You know, you could see yeah. somebody like maybe Jimmy Stewart or somebody playing the Richard Woodmark mm-hmm, mm-hmm. character, that kind of guy, like an every 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 man kind of a guy. Uh, you know, nice guy and everything. And um, uh, it's a black and white movie. Uh, what was it? When was this? Fifty. Fifty. 1950, yeah. but I mean, it's done really well, and then, you know, I could, it, I, I, I liked it. I'd never had even heard of it, and yeah. I'm glad that we found it. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a noir. Um, you get some of that in there. You get some of the great camera angles with, you know, well, you, you see it near the beginning of the film with, you know, somebody right in the camera. You got a mid-range shot and somebody off in the distance, but they're all like standing beside each other, that kind of thing. Lots of long shadows, dark shots, stuff like that, um, and a lot of uh, outside of Widmark, a lot of, you know questionable morals i guess um the uh i did like the um the i guess the way they they mesh together the the detective and um widmark's character mm. um because they're they're constantly at odds at the beginning because you know widmark widmark's character now what was his i'm not going to keep calling him widmark his name was um Clint Reed, Clint lieutenant. Reed. He's in the Navy. He's a uh, he work. He's, yeah, he's he works a, basically for the government as a doctor for like the prevention of disease control or something like yeah, that. Isn't yeah. it? So, um, so yeah, public department of public health. Clint Reed. His um, <clears throat> he has a very scientific approach to things. He wants to figure it out, the, figure out the problem, and get it under control. Um, he does have some, you know, PR knowledge being in the position that he's in. Where you know they're trying to keep it hidden from the press, and there's a reporter that constantly follows them around, like, "Hey, what are you guys up to? Well, you know, why is this such a big deal and all this stuff?" And they just won't tell him. Well, Widmark's approach to that is explain to him, "Listen, this is what's going on. We can't let this get out because it'll cause a panic." You motherfuckers! Then the detective <laughs> has a complete different, a completely different. Uh, he just cleans it up because after he says that, the guy's like, oh, I'm going to do it anyway. And the detective's just like, eh, just arrest him. Like, fuck it. Just, uh, yeah. just arrest the reporter. And like, what under what charge? He's like, I don't know. He just make up something basically. So, but I, I like the way they start working together and they, you know, there's a great line early on when the, they're still getting to know each other. And, uh, Clint Reed says to, now what was the detective's name? Cause I'm just getting everybody's names mixed up here. He was either, Captain Tom Warren, was that him? He was. Paul Douglas, was that Paul Douglas's character? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so he says to, says to Warren, uh, you know, my mother always told me that if you look deep enough, you can find the good in anyone, but I don't know. And he's like, with apologies to your mother, that's the second mistake she makes. <laughs> <laughs> and, you Wait, know, did the, you ever watch in, um, I don't know if you ever watched this, uh, the show, TV show Dallas? I, with JRU and all I, I know the show. I never watched it because I was, I was well. Too young I didn't was even know this until I just looked at the fucking thing. The, the uh, Richard Woodmark's wife in this was um, the uh, Barbara Delgettys who played um, on uh, Dallas. She was oh. the uh, Jock Ewing's. She was the, the matriarch, the Miss Ellie. Okay, Ellie Ewing uh, on the, and she was an old woman on there. But hell, she was pretty good looking. I mean, that was. That was what time? When? What year was that? The eighties? Yeah, late seventies, early eighties. You know, so she was, you know, you know, probably thirty years old in this, and you know, and when Dallas came on, she was sixty. So yeah, they they made her a little like naggy at first, but I liked her. I liked her character um, because I liked how she would, in a fifties kind of way, choose ways to stand up to her husband, which was kind of cool. Yeah. You know, tell him to stop feeling sorry for himself and stuff. Well, and, and then a, he like you said, he he went and they said that he. Uh, 
was um, she said I like she had been through this shit before with him. Yeah, yeah. Because when something like this happens, an epidemic and stuff, like he'd come home and he'd be like, "Don't get too close. You know, you can't you can't come over and hug me. You can't, you know, uh, you know, because I don't want to take a chance with her." And then he, she was, she was. You could tell she had been through this before, where he would be so obsessed with trying. To, which he had to be because, I mean, they had to find these people or whatever or try and stop an epidemic or something. So she had been through this before with him not sleeping and working like, you know, 48 hours straight because yeah. he would like he kind of snapped at her or was getting paranoid saying, well, you're saying this. And she goes, listen, you know, we've been through this before. You know, when you don't get any sleep, you start blaming me or thinking that I'm criticizing you and I'm not, which, you know, being a woman, she probably was. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, the, Making him watch Sex in the City and then falling asleep when yeah, the, the hand, the, watch uh, uh action movie. The, the handling of uh, germs in cinema has definitely changed since the 50s because he would just come home and take his dirty clothes off and stick them in a hole in the wall in the garage. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, even, even by the, you know, Andromeda strain 20 years later, you know, they're fucking like going down levels and burning their, their well, it's like when you stuff. when you come home and you jerk off and just leave the you know, wipe it off with your underwear and leave it by right by the bed <laughs> until it gets or you crusty find old then, rubbers yeah. under your bed i think i mean, god i remember one time when we, we were moving into an, a new i was moving into a new apartment and like uh you know got the the mattress up and then the box springs and there was like an old rubber under the Uh-oh. bed and it was old man it wasn't it, it was like dry it was oh, like, no. like a potato chip i was always paranoid i always tied knots in them and and, and hid them oh what? i never tie a knot in them because when i take them off then i just i, I like uh you know if the girl puts her head back and opens her mouth like a baby bird <laughs> oh, and then you down in there yeah, I would, uh, one 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 particular weekend I had to hide them, but I didn't I didn't I couldn't throw them in the trash, the communal trash. So I would tie a knot them in, and tie a knot them in, and put them in a book bag. So I, we, <laughs> <laughs> and we had to go out and I had to fucking throw like like six like full tied not not, not tied rubbers out in a public trash can. That's um, you snowball with your girlfriend. Ugh, uh, let's see. No, you don't even have to snowball. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling some young guy the other day that I'm friends with, uh, you know, he was talking about, oh, you know, even if you wear a rubber, you know, da, da, da. and I said, well, that's why you use nature's birth control. And he goes, what's that? And I said, saw to me. <laughs> Blow job. Sand job. Yep. Yep. Butt yep. job. <laughs> <laughs> and Walter Palance was six foot four. So I looked that up. Um, I love, and I love like the one. dick would be like a, almost shaped like a brick. <laughs> A perfect cube. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With a pair of dice hanging no. underneath. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking pallets and cu- old cube dick. Um, <laughs> geometric. Let's see. Oh, that, I, I don't have much else to add, but I love uh, Widmark's line in it when he's just exhausted and he's saying, like, he says, even Methuselah is younger than me tonight, and he's just kind of passing out on this cot that she says up for, sets up for him out on the the porch, and then the fucking creep. That you know the old the 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 dude with the the model train comes up and starts giving fucking uh, Clint Reed advice on how to talk to his son and shit. <laughs> you know, you remember that at the end? Yes. It's, I mean, like I said, that's just a different time. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so that's all I got. Uh, let's we can get into ratings here. Oh, oh, I always forget about the ratings. Um, <laughs> 
So I'm doing it on the fly, on the fly. Um, MVT. I thought this was a really good movie. Um, I don't. It wasn't like super great because I think that for me, Widmark lacks uh, a lot of charisma. Like I said, if they would have had a Henry Fonda or or a Jimmy Stewart or somebody like that, or if uh, Widmark was like with. Palance, like if he was one of his like sweaty gang members. Yeah, he he just. I mean, I mean, he's he's such an everyman. I mean, how they could have had Fred McMurray or somebody. But uh, <laughs> Widmark Widmark has never been like a. I don't dislike him. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I mean, I've never thought he really. He's just kind of bland for me. Kind of blah. Okay. The only time that he really stood out was in uh, that one uh, gangster. Old gangster movie where he was the psycho that was like, <laughs> and he started giggling and laughing and throw an old woman down that's in a wheelchair down the steps and shit. I can't remember what that was. I think that was, uh, um, it was a uh, Victor Mature. I can't remember. But anyway, um, so he kind of, it's not that he's bad. It's just not, it would have been much better if they would have had somebody with a little bit more charisma yeah. as the lead. Um, Palance was good. Zero Mostel was really good because he was funny. He's perfect as the token <laughs> guy. Ely Kazan, the, the way they shot it and everything. Seven point two five. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty close there. I, uh, this is uh, this is not an upper echelon uh, noir. It's uh, it it kind of it kind of lacks some of the pizzazz that certain ones had, and it's not quite as seedy. Although yeah. there are some uh, that that part with the dude on the stairs, man, was <laughs> <That's> pretty <laughs> cool. But um, the uh, and I'm right there with you. I give it a seven point five. It's this, um, I'd never heard of it either, and I'm definitely glad worth a watch. So, though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is it's, it's probably worth revisiting. So awesome. Uh, seven point five and a seven point two five. Let's take a break and come back and review. <laughs> You're right over there. Licking my microphone. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, we're going to review uh, Andromeda Strain. We'll be right back. Are you tired of the same old pop culture podcast? Do you listen to those other podcasts and think to yourself, why aren't they talking about the things I'm interested in? Hi, I'm Reverend Scott, and when I want to listen to a couple of guys with their appendages on the pulse of pop culture, Penis. I listen to the Are You Serious podcast. Hear news about politics and religion where hosts Chris and Frank ask the tough questions. If you woke up with a cock in your mouth, would you take it or leave it? Yeah, exactly. How big is the cock? <laughs> You'll hear entertainment news about your favorite movies and TV shows, plus plain old wholesome discussion about the lives of Chris and Frank. I mean, now I am, like, tattooed. It's weird. It's like I've... I guess I should explain what I got. Yeah. It's three swastikas. Each one interconnected. <laughs> to look like a smiley face. And on my left arm is cock and balls. And you notice I looked at my right Character arm. And I from an old that. Disney film. It's the prequel to Song of the South. Exactly. No, I have, it's um, called Song of the Cock and Balls. <laughs> it sounds like this. So when you think pop culture podcast, remember this. What's that thing between the dick and the asshole? The Are You Serious Podcast on iTunes or areyouseriouspodcast.com.
right, next film of the evening, of the day, or whenever you're listening. Andromeda Strain from 1971, directed by Robert Wise, who I was just saying during the break is known for West Side Story, Star Trek, the picture, yep. and the day the Earth stood still, and some other stuff. Live long and he's a pretty, uh, pretty famous director there. Yeah, he was a very he wise man. He was. Waka waka. Uh, this is starring. This is Sarisa Taka. This is what I was going to say for a film that's as, I guess, I guess well thought of as this one. I've never. I don't. I can't recall seeing any of these people in anything else. Yeah, Arthur I Hill. actually kind of like that. Yeah, Arthur Hill, David Wayne, James. Arthur Hill's been. Uh, I well, I mean, he was in the Killer Elite, but I mean, I I don't know if I'm. I know he was in other stuff that I've seen, but um, right, right, right. You know. He's the, he's the main one, and then the guy that played uh, Major Manchek was in Badlands. Uh, Martin Sheen shot him, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, James Olson, Jimmy Olson. Um, so yeah, the four doctors and Kate Reed, and I believe in the story the 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 uh, the female doctor Ruth Levitt was actually a male in the not not named yeah, Ruth. Yeah, obviously, yeah. I'm not sure why they changed that up, but. Unless they wanted to add that awkward, th- awkward uh, situation her, of having to dr- undress in front of each other, I don't know. Her pizzazz. She she de- she definitely man. She had some <laughs> spunk. She was. I thought she was pretty funny. She was funny. She was always ready to fucking complain about something. She she, was, she would fit into the gentleman's guide, silver and gold, <laughs> poor hound group. She liked to roll her eyes. Um, <laughs> yeah, she was a fucking. She was a pistol. And um, so stuff. In this film, this is a film I had never seen. Honestly, I went into this pretty cold. Uh, I, from the from the name of it, I thought it was going to be more science fiction. But this is something that could probably happen. It's like science fact. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Um, the it, it, the way it opens is pretty great. Um, there's this, I guess you can call it music. It's this frenetic music that start that opens the film, and it's. It's, at times, it even sounds like an old typewriter or something. It's like, you know, it's yeah, yeah. it's it's a, it's a really cool effect, and they bring it several times through the film. But certain times, when the, where the way this movie shot, it it gives it such a great look because they do a lot of split screen, um, where they uh, like the 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 scientists are walking through this affected town. So then that's what you have. You have this this town in this area that was a testing area. It's, I guess they're in, they're either New Mexico, Arizona, somewhere out in the desert. Piedmont, Arizona, I think. Arizona. Okay. Piedmont. So the, uh, the, the, the government has word that something has gone awry there. And at first they send some people. Well, the, um, the scoop satellite, that's what they're trying. The, the, right. satellite the satellite touches down. There. That's right. That's right. The sa- so the, the satellite that there, that has come back to earth, they, that is where it lands. And that's kind of what happens in uh wild zero. It's a, it's an asteroid or a comet or whatever that has, mm-hmm. that has crashed and it caches in this small town, which causes all these problems. But so they don't know exactly if it's, if it's radiation or what, but, the this the closest small town to where the satellite has landed um everybody's dead and they don't realize that at first because they they go in to send somebody into the town and it's this really creepy thing and this is where this works well in cinema to have a a, a radio conversation 
And then all of a sudden the radio is just like, all you hear is somebody going, what the, what the, you know, and there's like yeah. a, a scuffle, the guy is screaming or it's just silent. You just have the fuzz. Um, another, another one I can think about that does that uh, really well is Pontypool, the more recent one that uses that, that effect very well of hearing something horrific and it's kind of chilling. So, but, um, and then the next week what we get is, you know, they're still staying out of the town. We haven't actually seen for the first 20, 25 minutes there's there no, nobody's going in this town. The next thing you get is a jet flying over, and all they see is you hear silence, you hear the jet, and you see just dead bodies just lay, down in the distance, just laying around in this town. And it's it's a pretty shitty looking little town. It's like it's like a brick wall, <laughs> a couple houses, a store, and dirt, and that's all that's there. Um, the another another thing I really like with the presentation so is the ticker tile the ticker like news ticker style um, location updates, like when they yeah. they go to a new location and you actually get like a well, scrolling kinda, thing at the they bottom. They kind of presented at first, uh, even before the titles run or supposedly run, before you even think the movie has started, they come up with that thing. And it's sort of one of those, um, uh, like you're watching a documentary about right, this because right, right, it right. says – you know, we want to thank this and that, and uh, for giving us the this, doc- access to the documents. Yeah, blah, 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 yeah. And, and then, like you said, like the uh, the ticker at the bottom comes up almost like you're watching TV and CNN this is a, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, there's lots. There's lots, well, it it, it kind of goes in between that because they could have presented the whole thing like that. But there's times where you are watching that. But then, of course, then you're for the majority of the movie. You're you're with the four doctors and with the, the people and it, there's no way that it's just video cameras in the thing i mean you know did you i know there's a remake of this have you seen the remake yes i owned it and it sucked <laughs> it was uh it was i think it was uh it was made for tv you oh, know okay. usa or something like that uh it wasn't very good uh, benjamin bratt is the star mm. and ricky schroeder mm. is or i'm sorry rick schroeder rick schroeder uh i was really excited when i heard they were going to remake it because i like this book and i like the the movie that we reviewed and then i like i said before it even came out I, I was like i'm gonna buy it i want to see this i want to see it so bad <laughs> i was like <laughs> they changed shit that they didn't need to they made it more modern but they did stupid things that had absolutely nothing to do with anything and yeah that sucks well um this is it has a very it, it starts off with a very urgent pacing and and it's weird even when the movie slows down you still get a sense of urgency um You've basically been given a time limit because what they what they'd end up discovering is there's something they don't know if it's a virus, bacteria, some kind of organism or what, but something microscopic, obviously, that is turning these people's blood into basically it's it's powdering their blood, which is pretty fucked. Uh, they find a guy and they and they, he cuts his wrist and the fucking like red sand comes out of his wrist. It's just pretty, and that looks pretty pretty. Yeah, it was good. It was pretty gross. But as they're going through this town, another thing I really liked was the way they did the split screen, where you would see in one third of the screen you'd see the doctor in this like hazmat suit, this crazy looking like astronaut hazmat suit, walking through this town, looking into windows, and then you would get a still image taking up two quarter two thirds of the screen with a dead body he's looking at. And 
you really see that everybody's affected. There's like old people. There's some like hippie chick with her tits out <laughs> laying there that they show her a couple. Yeah, times. they went back to her too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but, she looked uh, pretty good for a dead chick. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there's a dead lady in a blue dress that had the same vinyl tile in her kitchen that my grandma had. <laughs> but it was weird because the one thing that that you're looking at it through science, a scientific perspective. And when they went into the town and there's all these dead people there, okay, and they're like, okay. But then they also find people that were, had committed suicide. Right, right. And they're like, yeah, okay, the lady no, wait a minute, what's the, the deal? Yeah. Um, um, so in this town. And, well, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, they find two people alive. Yeah. They find a baby crying. And they find a guy kind of staggering around, like yelling wildly. Um, so, the, of course, they you know they want to take these people into test. <clears throat> and this is another thing that keeps it tense is because it's like they can't you know they can't pierce their suits. They have to stay totally isolated. And they have two people that are gonna have they have they're, they're only two living people to get information from are people that can't really communicate with them. You have this old crazy guy and you have a, a, a baby that just cries all the time. Um, so this is when we're now introduced. And they, so the, the government agency has actually gathered these different doctors and it's cool. Like the whole, like going to get them and they, they just think a military car just shows up in the middle of the night and like, or, you know, one guy's having a party, the other guy's in bed, but it's like, Oh, you're coming with us. And the family's like, what's going on? It's like, I don't know. I just have to leave. There's a dude well, with a gun what, outside. That's what, the one thing that um, um, when I have, like, I have this on like book on tape, but also watching this movie and everything is I've kind of, I almost like put myself in the position of those either the people or their families and stuff where these people just sh- – these soldiers show up and some of them have guns and they mm-hmm. come up to the door and they're like – you need to come with us right now. And like, uh, uh, not Manchek, the uh, Manche- uh, or the Arthur Hill character, which is Jeremy uh, Doctor Jeremy Stone. They go up to his house and like, like you said, they're having like a, a cocktail party that they would have in the late '60s or you know mm-hmm. whatever. And uh, they're like, you need to come. Well, now he knows, and they just come to the door and they're like, "There's a fire, sir," and it's like. Can you imagine? Okay, now he has prepared, and I'm sure now he knows about the facility. He knows what it's for and everything, but it's probably one of those things that he thinks, okay, you know, this is never going to happen. It it may be 10 years, 15 years or something, and he's just going about his life. And then all of a sudden, these guys show up, and this is probably the last thing on his mind. And they come up, and as soon as they say that, his brain has to just start going 100 miles an hour, like, Okay, I have to go right now. Yeah, you know, and his wife's like, "What's going on?" And he he can't even tell her anything. Yeah, and they go to the almost the big brother kind of a thing where, as soon as they take him away, she gets on the phone saying to call her mom or something to say, "Hey, you know these these men just can't." And the phone just goes dead, and they're like, um, "You know, this conversation is classified or whatever." Yeah. Yeah. You know, blah 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 blah. So they're monitoring everything, but it's just a really scary, scary scenario. Even if him knowing what it's for has to be scary, but for his family and people, you know, they're just like they're totally in the dark. Yeah, kind of like the other movie, they keep everybody in the dark because they don't want to cause a wide scale panic. Yeah. So, and and this one is even worse because when they start testing this virus, at least in you know, in Panic in the Streets, it's a it's something that he figures out he knows what it is, 
um, and they have a shot for it. They can kill it. Um, the 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 stress in the first one is keeping it from spreading before they can treat everybody that could possibly be affected. So the cops that are dealing in the first one with the people, all they have to do is give them a shot and they're going to be fine. In this one, they don't know what the fuck it is. And they this this underground bunker they go to called, <laughs> we laughed about this before, and wild, Wildfire. Wildfire, baby! <laughs> we're going to take his vice down and see what's going on! We're going to go find little stuff. We're going to burn off all our body hair, baby. want to say something about Wildfire? <laughs> so, um, the... Uh, right enough of that. <laughs> no, so... I don't know. Was the Center for Disease Control around at this time? I'm guessing it was, but I don't know if it was in its current. Yeah, but it form. was like the Navy SEALs. It was a black ops thing. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I'm sure it was. Yeah. So it's. I mean, it seems like this is the presentation of this is kind of like the Center for Disease Control, and that they're you know they have different levels underground that are for more and more increasingly more like sterile. Yeah, or I think in this what they do in the CDC is the the scarier the virus is, the farther down they store it, basically. Yeah. Um, well, that's they, the, the way the, the way that uh, this, the, you know, the wildfire place was set up was as you went from one level to the next, you had to go through different sterilization processes. So the further down you went, the more and more and more sterile you became. And it was crazy. Look, I mean, I loved the, I loved the, uh, I guess the art direction of it, the the underground base. Now, you're, you're, you'll probably look at it. This film is, oh, it's forty over forty years yeah. old now. But so you're gonna look at it and the technology and it looks dated. But what I appreciate about it is that they set it in 1971. You know, so this stuff would have looked futuristic in 71, but it could have been a reality and it looks dated now because it is 40 years old. So <clears throat> it's good that they gave it a date like that. Yeah. Um, I, I laughed. There, that one sergeant in the underground base. I thought he was funny because he was kind of a smart ass. And he's like, "Yeah, if I got a call, this thing little here would ring, ding a ling." Yeah, <laughs> and then, but, yeah. But you know, that's one thing I like. There, there, there are several because it's taken from a scientific perspective, and mm-hmm. it's not treated like like you like we said like science fiction or where it's where it's totally absurd or whatever it's more like an Arthur C Clarke thing like 2001 where it's more based in fact right. because even when you look at the titles or the credits at the end you know it says you know uh, they they went to aerospace they have like two things aerospace and maybe it was center of disease control or something like that uh as people that the actual uh set direction and and uh that that they went to when they made this movie for advice on this and that and how it works. Okay. But the one thing I like about that is that um they totally make it realistic by throwing in the oddball thing, the 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 crazy variables <laughs> you wouldn't think of right. and just the human variable of fatigue and yeah. You know things like that, and it makes it really interesting. It's it's very compelling. You know, it it's is. not just you know. Okay, we have Mr. Spock, who's a fucking uh, rational genius, and this and that. You know, and it's it, and it's weird that I could sit here in a movie that's two hours and twenty minutes long, <clears throat> watching basically scientists study things, mm-hmm. and it's remain compelling because yeah. all the time you know there's a countdown going on, and. It's it's almost like a mystery, and it's it's interesting as they unlock different things, and like it's the simplest little tasks can still stay inter- stay interesting. Like when they're measuring how big this thing is, 
and they use these filters that kind of click and it looks great. I mean, this is clear like resin or I guess they used to build it. I mean, maybe it's glass. I don't know. But and they did pump it through to these animals. Now, this is the pretty fucked up part, but. Yeah, oh, I hated the part about like the monkey and the shit. monkey and the rat. Now I looked it up. Just how it was strapped down and everything. Yeah, and they and the, the way that they the way that they did it is pretty ingenious because they somehow they did this without hurting any animals, but it looks pretty crazy because <clears throat> the story as the story goes, what they're doing is introducing the virus to these test animals who then immediately die. So they're seeing how fucked up this virus is, but you actually get to watch this and and it's worse with the monkey with the rat the rat looks like it's kind of going to sleep the monkey is like fucking gasping and like twitching yeah. and it's pretty yeah. fucked up looking and I immediately looked it up because if you type Andromeda strain monkey you'll get all kinds of results um, what they what they actually did was uh, have a, a an enclosed area and introduce carbon dioxide instead of oxygen yeah, so, so it's gasping and so basically he he was running out of air but there was a vet there to basically resuscitate it which yeah they probably just did it enough to get the shot like where it's gasping and yeah, then yeah yeah you know okay we got it blah 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 but it was pretty or they, it's not like cannibal holocaust where <laughs> they smash the thing's brains open while it's alive and eat it or a turtle right 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 but i really liked as they're going down and getting sterilized like i love the smart ass one who always she's always rolling her eyes at things they have to do and they have these suits that they have to like bur- they burst into flames because they're made yeah. out of some kind of special paper but the the <laughs> that cool thing with like the th- like the the laser room that like fries off all of their body hair yeah, yeah the epidural <laughs> and i laughed at the one put guy. the helmet on it looked like the shockmaster's helmet from wcw <laughs> and he crashed through the thing <laughs> glitter fucking glitter paint yeah. on it but he was a fucking he was a furball and they really zapped his hair off <laughs> but everything but that's even with the book i mean the stuff that they talked about with the the uh the jumpsuits like every level they went to they'd have to take their clothes off and they'd incinerate them and everything Mm -hmm. and the epidural thing uh where they say you know keep your eyes closed or put this helmet on and as soon as uh uh, there'll be a flash of light and once it's over they said you'll you'll notice a a fine ash all over your body that's it burned off this thin layer of skin yeah you know, and all, all their, their body, all their body hair, yeah. Yeah, and so the stuff is based in, I mean, it makes sense. It's not like, uh, well, I almost said Prometheus. <laughs> but that wasn't the same thing. <laughs> but uh, I, I, mean, I liked how she would get annoyed at the automated systems that, you know, the, the one, the woman would. Ragweed! <laughs> she's like, I have an allergic, uh, an allergy to ragweed. And it's like, didn't take. And like, it, uh, please repeat. And she's like, ragweed. Yeah, uh, she, she was, was not a patient person. No. Scientist. Um, but you could see somebody being like that. I, oh, I yeah, work yeah, with yeah. someone like that. So. The, um, so, you know, when they're actually underneath, underground, um, they have limited access, limited communication. And, um, <clears throat> but they're, you know, the good music comes back there. And there's, even, there's a scene with a microscope. And again, I don't know. I, I never would have guessed it, but they, they achieve tension well without having to do much. Right. Because they're showing that they, they finally isolated this virus or whatever it is. This back, I, I, never, I don't remember exactly what they ended up saying it was because they can get a good shot of it and then every once in a while it just kind of twitches and expands and the music they accompany with is so good and um it's basically they almost said it was um uh, almost like a parasite mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. but um in the book um 
they would say, okay, what what is this thing? Because it was like a, a little piece of rock, or it almost looked like a little piece of crystal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, jagged piece of crystal. And um, they would say, you know, is this thing alive? And they said, okay, well, what is being alive and you know they said okay you know you take something in and you generate some kind of energy and this thing really isn't taking anything in it's not generating any energy and the one guy had the example he set a rock down and he said is that rock alive and and the guy said well no and he said well okay the rock's out in the sitting out uh, in the desert and the sun's shining on it and the rock takes in uh, the the uh, absorbs the sunshine and produces heat mm-hmm. so i could make a argument that this rock is alive and and it may just be it's it's almost like the thing of uh in uh remo williams or something where they said uh, <laughs> you know how old are you and he said well uh compared to a gnat i'm a i'm a billion years old but compared <laughs> to an oak tree i'm i'm just a you know i'm like the gnat that uh this thing, that rock may be alive, but because our lifespan is only maybe 80, 70 to 80 years, it may seem like it's not even moving, but it may be moving. It mm-hmm. may be producing something. It just may be so slow to our perception. Yeah. So they, they talked about a lot of stuff like that. But also one of the main things was um, – uh, and that's something that uh, – comes out sort of in the conclusion is how a parasite a successful parasite doesn't kill its host yeah yeah yeah. a successful parasite lives off of the host but keeps the host alive because it needs it an unsuccessful parasite is one that kills the host thus it will die too and it's it's uh you know so anyway there's a lot of stuff like that and um but like they they looked at it and they were also looking at it from our limited perspective, which right. is, they said, you know, this doesn't have any amino acids, and you know, it has to have that to be living, or it has to have this, or it has to be that. Yeah, like not necessarily because it's not, you know, it's not. It's not Earth. from our yeah. planet, and for it, it, it basically took. It could take anything, and make energy out of it, and it would adapt and mutate constantly. Right. So and it, it makes it horrifying without ever even doing much at all, you know. And the one thing also is is that, as far as they know, now they're underground, and this is the way that this whole facility is set up. They theoretically could be the last people on Earth. Mm-hmm. It's their job to save the Earth, or to, to to save the you know human life on Earth, or whatever. But while they're down there working, they're working constantly, uh, and everything could be dead up there. I mean, there, and especially when something goes haywire and they're not getting communications. Right, right. You know. So, um, but another thing that in the book was, uh, and they talked about it a little bit in in the movie, uh, was, you know, as human beings, they want to. Um, you know, they're like, we have to find a cure. So they just want to work and work and work. And it's almost like a, a panic in the streets with Widmark. You know, have you, did you sleep last night? I don't even remember because they're working so much. But they, in the book, they come to the conclusion, listen. And they did in the movie too where he says, we're, gonna, uh, we're making it mandatory. We're, everybody's going to rest for at least six hours a day. Right. 
It's not going to do it because it doesn't do anybody. You may think you're doing good because you're working around the clock and working tirelessly because you know you only have a certain amount of time. But if you do that, you make mistakes and you fuck up. And that's like there were several times in this where because somebody's fatigued or because of other things, they miss something. Right. And, you know, you're not a computer and blah, 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 blah. So, and and, and the, how about the computers and everything in this movie? You know, <laughs> yeah, I like the State I, I, of I, New York. <laughs> I like the um, the one the guy was, you know, he was he was all turned on by the voice. And then when the yeah. guy tells him, he's like, that voice is actually a 63 year old woman that lives in Nebraska. And this is what she does. for Six Oh one. It's taken in too much information. That's pretty funny. But, um, so, well, you can, you can continue. You, you, uh, you actually have a lot more background on this. So maybe you can, well, I mean, that's, things. you know, I just, just, uh, you know, a few notes. Cause like I said, yeah, I, yeah. I, I have listened to this book on the book on tape so many times when I had a cassette player in my car, if I'd be driving, like going on a trip or something, or even just driving around, I'd be like, yeah, cause the, uh, Chris Noth, who was in, uh, who played Mr. Big in Sex in the City and was on, uh, uh, Law and Order, the first mm-hmm. like uh, so many years, he's the one that uh, narrates it. It's pretty good, you know. Um, I just put like some of my notes here, like uh, that, you know, how I like looking back now, and uh, you know, I I like the old school tech. It it does seem, you know, it's like with the computers and stuff like that, it yeah. seems up uh, really old and clunky. But uh, one one thing, and and before I ever saw this movie, just hearing them describe. The suits in the um, they they called it like I think like a glove box. The glove box is where you have like well, that, a was, rhesus, that was a neat idea. Yeah, yeah the rhesus monkey is in a enclosed like a airtight uh, uh, box that you can see into, and it's got oxygen and stuff pumped in there. But so you don't have to touch it. You just stick your hands in these gloves that are hooked to the box, and so you can examine, touch, dissect, or whatever this this. Uh, whatever you're working with without having to touch it, without having to be exposed. So because they, they took the glove box uh, concept and they thought, okay, in this facility, if we're going to have to deal with people that are sick, mm-hmm. they, they actually, instead of having gloves, they had these tunnels. <laughs> and that was really on, neat. Yeah. You would, and, and when I, before I saw the movie and I just kept hearing, I tried to imagine in my brain what this would look like. And they really, it does, it, I mean, they pull it off. They show them climbing into the tunnel because what the tunnel is is you have the suit, mm-hmm. a, a human like a size suit with gloves, boots, and everything, and a, and a bubble helmet, uh, and you climb through this tunnel and then you get into the suit. Now, because the and the tunnel was hanging by these uh, uh, cords that are hooked almost to like a uh, like what would be like a shower curtain thing. Right, right. And, could go anywhere in the room and everything. But the one thing I couldn't figure out is like how they would actually get in it and this and that. And when in the movie, the way they do it, they show them climbing into the tunnel and then they cut away. When they come back, they're in the suit. Yeah. Uh, so I like that. Um, I did like we talked about at the very beginning, the fact that they're really – and even back in that time, these actors that are in this aren't – they're not big names. They could have gotten a Gregory Peck to play the Arthur Hill part, or they could have got, uh, you know, somebody, you know, just fam- more famous actors, and they and they didn't. Now I don't. I'm not sure why. I I don't think this this wasn't a big budget movie. I remember, uh, you know, Jesus Christ when this first came out. Uh, you know, 
I was like six years old, but I remember, you know, when, when you know, at the, the year, few years after that, if they showed it on TV and stuff, that it, you know, when it wasn't when it was first introduced to TV, I don't think it was really a big budget movie, and I I think they showed it more like at drive-ins and stuff like that. Um, but I like that they didn't have really big name actors because it helps you suspend disbelief. Mm-hmm. Not seeing Rock Hudson up there, you're not seeing fucking uh, you know whoever Gregory Peck or somebody like that. Um, so you you know it's it's more like and, and the the people when you're casting a scientist, these people were good. I mean, and, and yeah. even you know the one guy's not a scientist; he's just a dog. He's an MD, and they kind of, the one like a couple of them resent him because they're like, why do we need an MD? Um, but um, this is what you know. How many uh, scientists or doctors or whatever look like Brad Pitt or George Clooney? You know? <laughs> right. So, uh, and then uh, there was one part where they showed something that said uh, something about uh, uh, a warning that this thing was this information was top secret and it could be punished by twenty years in prison or twenty thousand dollars. <laughs> it's like you know nowadays it would be like. You know, millions of dollars and whatever, and just for uh, downloading a song, <laughs> they sent you to Guantanamo and fucking tortured you to death. Uh, now, um, I'm trying to think who this was. I think it was Arthur Hill's uh, wife at the party, or one. Uh, no, 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 no. It was the doctor uh, who um, was uh, Doctor Mark Hall. Um, when they Hallmark, went to his, yeah, yeah, Hallmark, Mark Hall. Uh, when they went to his house and his daughter's there, and then his wife and everything, and he's getting ready to leave to go. Uh, when they say there's a fire and you have to come with us, uh, his wife uh, was a very young Alice Horton from Days of Our Lives, who played. Uh, you know, she's basically the matriarch on Days of Our Lives for for God, thirty, forty, fifty years or whatever. Um, so that was kind of cool. That was almost just like uh, Barbara uh, uh, Del Geddes in uh, the other one. Uh, back in the day, you know, hey, every you you look at some people in these movies that, that and you think, you know, you're used to seeing this person playing a grandma, playing a grandma, playing a grandma, and then with the internet, you go back and you look at them when they're 20, and you're like, fuck, they were hot. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, one thing that I liked about this too is to make it uh, for effect and make it shocking and make it uh, uh, that they're kind of like I don't know if I want to say going all out, but when they walk through the town. Uh, they actually showed dead kids. Oh, yeah, I mean, they yeah. were like little kids by their bicycles, just dropped dead in the middle of the street and stuff. So, you know, that was kind of... Um, now, in the... I'm not going to say what the conclusion is, but there's there's a part where um, they have a nuclear device that if something goes awry inside the facility... Uh, automatically the computers will kick off a, a, a countdown to a nuclear explosion to destroy anything there so that it doesn't spread. Well, um, that's why they, they called it the odd man hypothesis, which is they want at least one man out of the entire group that wasn't married, that didn't have kids, and you know because they, they found after doing all these studies that they could – it had to be a man, had to be single – no kids and I guess no family or whatever that they could make the the decision and the one the guy that they give that to he's actually confused that when they're telling him this thinking God you know I'm gonna have to fucking blow up the world and they tell him said no 
or I'm going to have to. Your job is to stop it. Yeah. <laughs> your job is to be, be, make a rational decision. Should I? Is it worth it to do this, or should I stop? And it's not blowing up the world. It's if they don't blow it up, will this spread and kill everybody? Right. Or should we just continue and try and without the blowing everything up? Well, they have certain safety things uh, set up, uh, which they have substations all throughout the thing. Which that's another thing. It's a human error thing that they threw in there. Uh, like they they were building this facility for this event and the events started happening before the facility was completely done. So there's certain levels where there's no substations to shut off the nuclear bomb, but there's also other uh, things where like if something gets loose, like one of the monkeys or something they have. And in the book they had automatic uh, things that they would have like a shutdown thing and uh, 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 nerve gas would go off mm-hmm. to either kill or subdue. I think not kill, but to, to knock out, the monkey or the rat or whatever, and they also had these things that would shoot these darts that were tranquilizer darts. And in this movie, they they got rid of the darts, and I think it was because it was like early seventies, and they started having laser uh, <laughs> uh, kind of special effects, so they thought they would throw that in there. So it was kind of cool. Um, but no, that's about. And, and I never knew, I never heard the term of uh, the, uh, the squeeze before. Mm-hmm. I guess the squeeze is that Pepto Bismol or what? I don't know. It's Sterno. They kept calling it Sterno. I don't know. But they, they, in the book, they called it the pink or the oh, sweet. Oh, okay. So anyway, but you know, I, that's about it. it I, I, if you're a sci-fi fan, it's not um, it's not you know Star Wars or Aliens or Star Trek or anything like that. But it is, like I said, it's more based in um, just uh, scientific methodology and things like that. But like you said, it's. Because of that, it is compelling, and it is almost like a riddle. Uh, uh, it's a thriller. It's a riddle. It's a, you know like puzzle pieces. Mm-hmm. And that's you know what science is—just putting you know these pieces of the puzzle together and trying to figure out how something works or what makes it work or how we can stop it or whatever. And um, you know, I, I read you know a few reviews of this where people were saying you know. Uh, with and that's a basis of the movie is what we are living today where for years and years and years we could use penicillin or we could use antibiotics to cure this or that and that's like the, they said this new gonorrhea or whatever that's coming out it's become totally resistant to penicillin and nothing works on it yeah, there's, uh, like one, there's only one antibiotic left that works on it and it's an inject, yeah. it's injectable one yeah, and, and even with when my dad had his back surgery and he developed this infection, they had to, instead of just using one antibiotic to fight it, they have to give you this antibiotic milkshake and they run a catheter like straight into your, into your artery, which goes right to your heart to spread it all over your body. These things, it's like anything else. When, when we talk about evolution with humans, which ain't true. You mean creation. Just this, theory, just this theory of evolution. These organisms, these microorganisms, these viruses and parasites and things like that are evolving too. And when you are giving uh, – when you're hitting with these antibiotics or you're hitting them with uh, penicillin or whatever and then they start evolving, that shit doesn't work. Right. So they're evolving past that and you have to come up with new concepts and new things to, to, uh, to, to do that. Uh, and that's not saying 
that them evolving um, that's another thing that they bring up in the movie is that uh, okay we're, we're trying this on this and this seems to be slowing it down okay now it's not it's evolving so fast because the Andromeda strain was evolving so fast that it would adapt 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 but it could it could adapt so fast that it actually adapts to, like I said, the Earth. If it's a parasite and the Earth is its host, adapt, 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 adapt. Right at first, it's killing things. And then it, it, the scientific theory isn't always cut and dry. It's not like, oh, my God, like I'm saying about this strain of gonorrhea, and you said there's like one thing that works on it left. That doesn't mean that it's going to get to the point where nothing works on it anymore. It might adapt to the point where it doesn't harm anything anymore. It just becomes, you know, that's what they talked about in the book was like a, a staph infection. Um, like a staph infection, like, like I said, when my dad had his back surgery uh, that was so bad that it almost killed him several times and they couldn't get rid of it all the way and everything and it kept coming back. Well, you, that's just one strain of a staph infection that you have staph in you all the time they said like acne it causes acne and everything else but that doesn't kill you right right so, i mean there's it, science is a big broad world and you know so anyway uh, i really like this movie i now i don't think i i, I hate to say sound like a, a douche i don't think this movie's for everybody because i think that um you know it's a long movie about a scientific process. <laughs> so it's not and, going to be for everybody. And, I, and I'm not saying, I, mean, I, I almost was saying, you know, some people that, you know, uh, not, I don't want to question people's like intelligence or whatever. If you like to read and you, and you like, you know, uh, your stuff a little bit smart. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to say it without saying, you know, you know, because like I said, okay, you can like Armageddon and like this movie too. Yeah, but no, uh, there it's like. Uh, but I, I'll tell you what I think that I think it would. I think there's people that you might think as a knee jerk reaction also and so wouldn't like this. But I think it's done in such a way that you know it probably would surprise you the people that would like it because sure. it is a thriller and a uh, and and something where people today might think you know how this could really happen. Well, let's get into our ratings. Um, I um, I also enjoyed this quite a bit. And I'm glad I finally saw it. Um, I didn't know what to expect. Like when you see the poster and it looks like a dude, I thought it was going to take place in outer space. Um, you see a guy with what appears to be an astronaut suit, and that's what I that's what I've always seen. Um, and I know that Michael Crichton has done science fiction before. Yeah. Uh, granted, this was a probably the first film made out of one of his books, but. You know, I mean, Jurassic Park or fucking Westworld, you know, those are not reality. And this is this is reality. Um, But for me, it stayed compelling throughout. I mean, I guess if I could say anything, it could be shorter. But, you know, whatever. I mean, it worked for me. Um, It's slow paced at times, but there's, you know, there's some chuckle moments and there's some chuckle. There's some chuckle. There's some chuckle chuckle (laughs) moments, but there's some shocking stuff, too, in a in a scientific setting it's not shocking in that somebody's head explodes but shocking like oh shit you know they really they got they got a fucking move kind of thing you know um i liked it a lot i give it an eight out of ten 
Uh, probably right there with you. It's not. Um, it's. Eh. It's not like a nail biter. It's not a white. Uh, I mean, it's not like something. If somebody said, "What's your top twenty movies of all time?" Or maybe even top fifty movies of all time. When when somebody just posted on GGTMC not that long ago, what's your favorite sci-fi movies of all time? This one didn't jump into my brain because yeah. it's not a big blockbuster. It's not something that that you're like, fuck yeah, man, yeah, fuck yeah. But it's still really, really good. Um, so I'd give about probably right yeah, an eight two. Eight. eight also. Eight also. Not eight two, eight point two. No, just 8.2, not 8.2. Oh, got it. (laughs) Cool. Two eights. Uh, That's Andromeda Strain. And this is our break. And next, feedback. We'll be right back. like feedback. Are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant, blissful state of agreement? I mean, the main, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. Well, you're in luck. Let me introduce you to Chinstroker and Punter. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and hard cinema. The other is a man on the street. You listen to his perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. Just really it's isn't. not visually striking. No. I'm just just getting confirmation. It's just in that's the third time though. I mean I must this is on. You can find us at chinstrokerversuspenter.podomatic.com. So come and share the victory. If you could fuck any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. Oh, nice. He wouldn't tell Bad guy Lance. he looks like somebody <laughs> He looks like somebody who can keep a secret. Feedback, motherfuckers. No dead air on this show. <laughs> we can't help ourselves. We can't shut up. I thought that was you going <laughs> and doing that as a joke, but it's actually the song. <laughs> Shit. 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 Fuck a fuck a fuck a fuck a all right, shut that shit up. Um, <laughs> hey, we got a couple more voicemails while we were recording. Oh, Jesus. What the hell? It's fucking midnight. I think it's Justin. These people. Yeah, wait. Hey, what? where the fuck was he at last week? I don't know. Yeah. Mm. And just to let those fucking limey fuckers know, Lance Henriksen cannot keep a secret. <laughs> All right. First voicemail. 
It's dull. All in an act and silly. <laughs> we don't have time for this. Ugh, fucking Spaniards. All right, next voicemail. Is that a Spaniard? I think so. Hi, Barack Obama. I'm here to talk about America's current situation. You see, America is going through some troubling times right now. The past couple of years, we have seen hurricanes and family destroy families, and we've dealing with a troubling economy and in a bad job market. But it's been getting better because we've shown hope and we've been moving forward. And today, I want to say that let's move forward and I have hope and change for all of you. But I want to say that you can only get that way with some entertainment. You see, I believe that the only way the human spirit is fully energized... (laughs) Got cut off. You know why? I, Barack Obama, do not take kindly to being cut off. You see, I, Barack Obama, am a busy man, and I am calling in on my tight schedule, especially right now during this presidential debate, to what? expose mm-hmm. some words of wisdom to the Silver and Gold fan base, the Silver and Gold mm-hmm. miners, as they are pointed, and I was going to heap some praise on Silver and Gold. But now that I have been cut off, I am starting mm-hmm. to believe that maybe I should retract my thoughts. After all, you can allow a pubescent little boy to speak for 20 minutes on a ginger dead bad <laughs> cookie fucking movie. Cookie. But God damn, if he brings up that killer cookie thing again, I'm going to fucking block him. to say a few words. But you know what? I'm a humble <laughs> man, I'm a man, and I will still stick with those words. But being, He's going to cut off again. <laughs> Jesus. Here's another one. Killing me. Killing me. Uh, now I'm just getting a little pissed off about this whole situation. <laughs> you see, I'm just trying to call in to talk, but you keep cutting me off. So, you know what? I'm just going to come in here and talk about the whole out Silver Gold is, you know, going to pioneer <laughs> this next four years and really get America out of the dirty puddle that it has been in and it's going to clean it off because Silver Gold is the backbone and the embodiment of America and how. You guys are the dicks that fuck the assholes and have great pussy. <laughs> but you know what? Now I don't want to. Now you went and pissed me off. Whatever. So you know what? I retract my statement. Silver Gold is not the backbone or the embodiment of America. I am now saying that the gentleman's guide to Midnight Cinema is that. Never even though they probably it. wouldn't play my message if I called them for about another three or four months. Vote uh. Obama. Like anybody would do that. Too late. Stupid. America died. I can't remember if I cried when I heard about it. (laughs) Next voicemail. Hi, this is a message for Jim. Jim, this is Marcus calling with Family Securities. I'll call him regarding the service appointment we had today uh, for the battery change. Uh, My technician did run into some trouble at another location. Uh Uh, We will not make it today. Uh, Calling to let you know that we can reschedule this here (laughs) at the earliest Friday. Um, if Friday works for you, uh, between looks like twelve and four, 
um, great. I'll go ahead and actually um, schedule it for then. But if not, give me a call back. My phone number is 877-476-4968. What? I missed the end. Thank you. Okay. Well, I hope Jim got his message. I really should screen these beforehand, huh? Well, that's all right. I thought that was that was probably one of the better ones we ever get. <laughs> that's, uh, that's better than Barack Obama. Next voicemail. Hey, Silver Gold. It's Sylvester Stallone. You reviewed uh, fucking Jackson Action or some shit film that stars Carl Weathers, who starred in the Rocky movies that starred me, Sylvester Stallone. Now, uh, when we made fucking one of them Rocky movies, there was a scene where we both got, like, stripped down to a tiny pair of shorts, and we went running on the beach. And before we did that scene, we rubbed each other down with baby oil, so our muscles would look even bigger. Uh, Yeah, it was (laughs) fucking beautiful. Um, And then... Fucking, we were running down the beach with our glistening muscles. I got all hot and sweaty, and so we both needed to take a break and drink a protein shake. Yeah, it was fucking brilliant. And then Rocky went on and fucking beat up fucking fucking wrestling fucking dude, the pig fucker. Uh, Hulk Hogan, that's the yeah. fucker. He's called fucking Thunder Ass or some shit. I can't remember. I made his name up. He didn't give a shit. He fucking, Thunder yeah, ass. I made him anyway. He would be around if it wasn't for Sylvester Stallone. And then, uh, fucking, oh. I beat up Mr. T because he beat up some fucking old dude and. I fucking win all the fights because I'm Rocky and I got big muscles and a big fucking dick. <laughs> awesome. What, a, what, what, what the hell kind of stuff is that to say over the phone? Well, he sent it in an email, so. Grow up. <laughs> Next voicemail. Hola, silver and gold. It's your These, second favorite Spaniard here, Bernie Sticky. Uh, <laughs> just ringing up to say hi. I uh, had to go and see the doctor this morning. Uh, and on the way to the surgery, I was uh, I was thinking about George Eastman, because, you know, I think about George Eastman quite a lot. Uh, and I got to the surgery and uh, spoke to the receptionist. And uh, my doctor's name is Dr. Evis. Um, but I asked, uh, told the receptionist that uh, I was there to see Dr. Eastman. <laughs> and uh, she looked at me kind of funny and said, uh, we don't have a Dr. Eastman here. So I punched her in the fucking face. <laughs> um, and it all worked out in the end. Did not. Uh, just listened to the show from uh, last week. Just finished it last night. Uh, one down, two to go. Piece of shit movie, that is. <laughs> Very, very poor. Uh, my abiding memory of that film is one shot where uh, the hammer must have just put a fucking camera on the dashboard of a car and spent ten minutes driving into New York. <laughs> just uh, dull, dull fucking film, exactly. man. Um, I, you know, the hammer's a dick. I don't really like the hammer. He's, Aww. you know, he's not my type. Don't like him. Uh, never seen Action Jackson. Um... But uh, Carl Weathers, fine specimen of a man, 
Uh, I always used to get him mixed up with um, Carl Lumbly from uh, Cagney and Lacey. <laughs> uh, two, uh, two fine African-American gentlemen with uh, very nice moustaches. Um, which makes me think as well, you know, which one of Cagney and Lacey would you fuck? Would it be uh, Christine or Mary Beth? Hmm. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm a Christine man myself. Actually, that's a complete lie. I'm Mary Beth, I, I meant to say. <laughs> because, uh, you know, with her new joisy accent, Liar. you'd be like boning her and she'd be going, oh, Harvey, Harvey, give me your cack. <laughs> you know, and Christine what? would just be fucking passed out in a pile of vomit from a uh, four-day drinking binge. So, fuck that shit. <laughs> uh, and, uh, Loaf, I wanted to say, uh, you know, I'll give you a tip here for, um, tip. for uh, helping you uh, sort of stave off the illnesses. Uh, when you're doing ass to mouth, you need to uh, grab the cock as it comes out of your ass and then give it a little jerk before you put it in your mouth because that way you get rid of the uh, the excess anal mucus, oh, which is where fuck. all the uh, like flu germs and bugs and stuff uh, live, I believe. So uh, you do that and you get rid of the taste of butt as well. So you just get that nice meaty taste that uh, you know I know you like. Um, so that would be my little tip. There. Okay. Um, I also wanted to mention um, Spanish Paul's uh, phone call last week about <laughs> that uh, strange fellow with the cut-out pornos in his cupboard. Gay pornos as well at that. Good grief. Uh, made me think of uh, a friend of mine who uh, he sadly died a few years ago, which uh, really sucks because he was one of the sweetest guys I've ever known. Lovely guy. Um, but uh, he was a social worker working primarily with, uh, with adults with learning difficulties and uh, elderly people. Uh, and he told me a few stories, uh, you know, certain situations and events that happened to him. One time uh, he went to visit uh, a little old lady who offered to make him some tea. Um, she, so she went out, made some tea, came back, gave him a cup of this horrible smelling uh, brown liquid, which uh, he took a sip of it and it just tasted foul. So uh, he put it to one side. Uh, he excused himself to go to the bathroom and went out and checked in the kitchen and it turned out that she had made him a cup of tea using dog food. <laughs> Jesus. Um, the irony, of course, being that she didn't even have a dog. Uh, so that was a good one. But my, my favourite one, he was uh, he was visiting a, uh, a couple with learning difficulties and their house was just like really shitty and stinky and crap all over the place and it really smelt bad and, you know, uh, so he was there talking uh, with these, this uh, couple uh, and this big fucking dog just wanders into the front room and sniffs around a bit and then just takes this fucking giant shit in the middle of the floor <laughs> and just wanders off again. Uh, and my friend, you know, kind of looked at the, this uh, couple there and said, you can't let your dog defecate in the front room. That's, that's completely unhygienic. Uh, and this couple just sort of looked at each other and said... Uh, Oh, uh, well, we thought it was your dog. It's not ours. <laughs> um, what the fuck is that all about, you know? <laughs> How skanky has your house got to be that a fucking dog will just wander in off the street and take a big shit? Uh, you know, that's, uh, that's something else. That is silver and gold, my friends. So, uh, yeah, keep up the, uh, the good work. Love you guys. You're great and you're awesome and I like to listen to your show and, uh, you know, uh, that'll do it, I think. All right, take care. Auburn on our dick pole. Uh, Nothing wrong with that. 
Bernie, I hope you uh, you feeling okay. I didn't know what he didn't say what kind of surgery he was having. So always uh... anal fissures. Oh well, never mind. That's gross. Um, I know that though. So oh, fuck, my ears itching. What does that mean? Don't anal fissure. <laughs> Um. Cool. Thank you for that. He talks funny. Spaniards. Next voicemail. Bill Van Gold. It's James. James McCormick. Yeah. Thanks for coming on the show, fucker. Badly. What asshole is one of them? Uh. (laughs) Sorry, couldn't join you guys tonight. You're recording. (laughs) Probably panic in the street. Power went off. Still in the darkness. I feel like a man, Frank, right now. You know, hiding from the Nazis. A small Jewish woman. You know. Girl. Feels like Ann Romney right know. now. Well, in the closet could be another thing. But Ann Coulter. Woohoo. Uh-huh. So, no, I just wanted to give my thoughts real quick about two completely different but yet fantastic plague-type films. Um, Panic in the Streets, you know, Elia Kazan, one of, one of my favorite directors who was a horrible human being in real life, but... Hey, you know, <laughs> so much. A lot, of, a lot of lot of famous um, great directors are, but he um, he made a really tight, you know, noir that is kind of different from everything else. And I actually own the DVD. It was one of the first Fox film noir DVDs. Like three came out at once, and that was one of them. And I bought them right away because they were really cheap when I worked at Best Buy. But great film. I mean, young young Jack Talents. I think it was his first film. Yeah. But his second appearance, I think he was in a TV show. Still looked old. He was like 31, but he looked like he was like 51, like a 51-year-old's face. Zero Michelle. I about that actually. So I was waiting to have a dance with Dean Hackman. I mean, Gene Walter. Gene Hackman. Oh. I think I was it's just a great ending to me. It was like, up, but up, up. And then, was that guy Redfield, the, the next door neighbor? Like, he looked like a rapist version of Milton Berle. I don't know what that is. <laughs> but um, Andromeda Strain, which was the thing that made me realize um, the power was out, uh, mm-hmm. watching that and like, falling in and out of sleep, but yet, not because it was boring. It was, it's, it's a different type of film. I mean, it feels purely a 70s sci-fi film, which I do love, and the special effects by Douglas Trumbull, who you know went on to do Silent Running and so many other great things. Great special effects, and just, I don't know, just a weird, weird film with a great soundtrack by, um, I think his name's Mele, who was also an artist, and so many other things. It was just really, really good. I forgot actually how much, like I think the last time I started was when I was like 10, so I didn't get oh, wow. any of it, but, whew. Michael Crichton was a you know was a great you know pulpy you know popular writer like his stories well, being a doctor himself you know kind of scary and like I love it's an extraterrestrial type of disease movie yet you know you don't see a fucking alien running around doing it just mm-hmm. people's blood turning into dust but God, I wanted so to shut up. that baby up <laughs> I just wanted to shut the fuck up Ugh. yeah but the yeah, baby like, was pretty breathe, annoying be faster be faster. And uh, what's her name? Um, every time she was naked, I was hoping that they'd uh, pan down, and uh, I know probably Dylan would like that. <laughs> uh, but again, just wanted to apologize because I couldn't Bill. join you guys, and I don't want to do a 15-minute 
you know, voicemail. Like Too late. Some, uh, some masochist out there. <laughs> and I do enjoy when he rambles on. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to let you guys go. And I guess you're still recording, so it's kind of like meta, what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Okay, keep up the great work, and talk to you later. Thanks for calling. Yeah, I wish you could have made it on the show, but thank well, you for calling in some reviews there. Pretty cool, pretty cool. What are you going to do? Some you, people bring it, and some people sit at home. And speaking of bringing it, we got one more voicemail. Oh, God. That's that guy trying to get into his voicemail to hear the message from the security place. I think that was Justin, but he didn't. <laughs> he must have butt dialed us. <laughs> he held the wrong end up to talk into. <laughs> he was rubbing it on his balls. 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 Let's <laughs> rubbing that on your balls. He's getting ready for your drive to Horrorhound. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Horrorhound. Coming up next week. Next weekend. Speaking of next week. Some of us are going. Some of us are going, some of us are working. <clears throat> well, you know. Uh, speaking of next week, we're not doing, I guess it's kind of a magnificent bastard. We're going to do a bad guy Lance. Magnificent bad guy Lance. Magnificent bad guy Lance. Double feature. Lance Hendrickson. Uh, we have wanted to review Hard Target for quite a while. So we're doing Hard Target, and we're going to do 1995's, uh, film, 1995's Dead Man, Jim Jarmusch film starring Johnny Depp and Crispin Glover. I don't know if he stars in it. And uh, Lance Henriksen. Never seen that one, so I'm excited about that one. So Hard Target and Dead Man for next week. Cool, and thank you all guys again for um, calling us some feedback this week. You can always send it to us at 206-339-1600 or silvagoldpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on iTunes or silvaandgold.com and join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash silvaandgold, all spelled out, all proper like. Zom, it's getting late. It's getting so late. Twelve thirty at night. Holy fuck! Well, good thing we've only been talking <laughs> since nine o'clock. Jesus Christ! <laughs> well, do you have anything else to add this week, sir? Uh, hope not. <laughs> no, no. Right. We love you all. Sometimes, kind of, somewhat, maybe. <laughs> and until next week, this is Loth Oot Zom Oot. Bye. Yes. <laughs>